Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Reactionaries Podcast. My name is Jeff Grisco, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe Gruen. Joe, how's your day going? Uh, it's so-so. I get to watch uh, an awesome movie today before I came on, So, but then the Giants what? lost. Was it, so. was it a different movie than this? No, no. Oh, it was this. <laughs> it was this. Actually, no, I watched The Sopranos movie, too, today. I heard which that was wasn't very good. Equally bad, yeah. Okay. <laughs> It was heard, less fun. Let's put it that way. I heard somebody say they regretted watching it. Ooh, that's like it I, retroactively I kind of made agree. them enjoy The Sopranos less. Yeah, I would agree. Actually, oh, wow. it it because it, it's well when you have a show that gives you like six seasons, the final season with like twenty one episodes worth of content, and you have to invent a whole new rival gang to be the centerpiece of a movie, a prequel movie. You're not doing it right. Yeah. That's like there's an episode. Did you watch Community? No. There's an episode of Community like partway through season two where uh, Jack Black shows up and he's like, I've been in all your classes this whole time. And they right. just awkwardly like splice him into scenes. Like uh, that's how it feels like they'd have to do. But like, you know, be like, no, they've always been there. We never talked about him before, but they've always been there. Exactly. Exactly. And then there are characters that they talk about all the time and that are centerpieces of the show that they just never mention in the they, movie. So it's they like, just ignore. Yeah. What are you doing <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, this week's movie, LAPD, To Protect and To Serve, mm-hmm. 2001, starring Michael Madsen, Mark Singer, Dennis Hopper. I don't know how any of these people are in this movie, Joe. Yeah, they, there's a lot of dirt in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, these, these guys must know where all the bodies are buried. Uh, Gene Goldman, John Meyer, Rob Neighbors, and Ed Anders to get these guys into the flick. But, uh, Joe, I told you that there's a big bombshell for this movie. Yeah. Um, let me uh, rephrase that. LAPD to protect and to serve based on true events. Ooh, okay, that makes all of the stuff they put at the end make a lot more sense <laughs> to me. Guys, I had to figure it out. I'm like, why would they do this? <laughs> This exact thing, well, almost this exact thing happened in the 1980s to the LAPD Hollywood division. That's why it all takes place in Hollywood. But what's funny is uh, the guy who's clearly supposed to be Meyerling, in real life his last name is just Myers. Oh, okay. (laughs) But he got killed like a cop ran him off the road after he decided to go to IA. Oh, shit. Yeah, and then everybody else just got, like, fired and just, like, sent to six months in prison or whatever. But it's the exact same thing. Joe, this is based on real events. That's amazing, because of all of the films we've done, this is easily top three or five of movies, I would say, would not be based on real events. Because of the absurdity that happens in this movie. And we did a movie where Will Smith traveled back to Earth. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) More more probable. Yes. Because we have Ted Williams technology. There is, we don't know that that future doesn't happen. Totally. Like, we could freeze Will Smith and have him come back. Totally, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Joe, um, you want to get into this? You want to turn up the speaker? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> A little rap rock fusion, baby. Uh, the Open worst. Up. worst song, which you guys will hear at the end of this, mo- this uh, podcast. Yeah, it's a song that, like, it's its own point in history. Yes. Like, like that only happened once. Like you could imagine like there's only one type of guy that would be like into this. And it he has like he looks like the Smash Mouth guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. But like with with like a shaggier beard. Yeah. The Guy Fieri, but unironically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Down on his luck, Guy Fieri. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. So we get we get a stat, too, at the beginning. Yeah. Every 60 seconds, Jeff, there are 48 felonies committed in the city of Angels, Los, Los Angeles, Angeles. <laughs> California. <laughs> <laughs> the citizens can rest easy knowing that they are protected and served by America's most prestigious law enforcement agency, the Los yep. Angeles Police Department. They've got three problems with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call the LAPD, who has gotten busted for having literal gangs inside of it, yeah. the most prestigious. Yeah. Two, if there are 48 felonies a minute, nobody uh-huh. is being protected. Right. <laughs> it's just a weird combination of those two sentences. Yeah. Like pick one or the other. Three. That's 25 million felonies a year. It's a lot. That's every resident doing a felony every other month. That's a lot, <laughs> Jeff. That's a lot going on. Jeff, you said this movie was based on true events. This opening scene, <laughs> if this really happened, <laughs> is unbelievable to me. This movie started off so high. Yeah, it it's, just. It no. never lived up to that again. No, there is a promise this movie gives you in the first five minutes that is not fulfilled throughout the rest of the movie. Totally, totally. Uh, so we open on some AM radio and cops are getting called from the station. So they're rushing to the scene. We see mm-hmm. this helicopter shot. See all these cops rushing through the streets of L.A. We see two masked men come out of a bank. They have a ski mask on. They're firing automatic rifles randomly into the street. About cop- three feet away from the cops that are three feet away from <laughs> the them. cops pull up directly. That's the first amazing part of this movie is that there's two guys firing automatic rifles and then the cop pulls directly into the spot. Like he's only into the space. The spot yeah. In like, they went, like they went to the people who own this parking lot and be like, hey, can we film here? They're like, yeah, but you have to make sure your cars are in the spot. You better park in a spot because we don't want you blocking the traffic. Yeah. Oh, my God. And there's like a Safeway in this parking lot, like a body shop across the street. Like this is clearly just some place in L.A. It's just a place they decided to shoot. Yeah. yeah. Um, But it's amazing because they pull up right to, right to these guys with rifles that are firing on the car. No glasses flying. Like nothing's happening. None of these no. people are dying. And also there's like they just turn and just shoot some like security guard that had just like come around a corner too. He falls over the bike rack. Yeah, falls over the bike rack. Um. So, yeah, uh, there's this full shootout, right? Immediately. We're like maybe a minute in. I don't know if I would call this a shootout, Joe. <laughs> there's, oh, <laughs> there are guns being fired, but. Oh, no one's getting shot, but there's shooting happening. <laughs> like everyone's <laughs> shooting. No one's getting shot kind of thing. Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, this is uh, no one can hit these two guys. Every cop has their guns pointed, firing. N- neither of these two guys are getting shot. There's a trend in this movie where there's multiple shootouts in this movie and half the people take cover and half the people just stand there. Right. And just like out in the open and nobody gets shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the bad guys gets shot in the shoulder and reacts as if somebody had tapped him on the shoulder. Right. He just kind of like looks around. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, there's a guy behind me. Let me shoot him. Uh, so yeah, they shoot at a cop who's driving. The car flips and explodes. <laughs> Again, we're like a minute and a half in this. Wait, Joe, hold on. It's cops driving down the driving down the alley or the the parking, the parking lane. Lot. Yeah. And 
the the two guys with the guns are facing the opposite directions, but there's bullets ricocheting off this car. So that means the cops are shooting at the cop car originally. Oh, yeah. They, because they're because the bad guys are facing away from the car. Hear the like tire squealing. Turn they both turn around and shoot at it. So that oh, means right. the bullets pinging off of it are cop bullets to begin or with. Cop bullets. Also, this guy's got to be going like five miles an hour. Oh yeah, yeah. He's not going very <laughs> fast. Uh, but then he's not going anywhere because he flips. He explodes. Uh, the robber shoots at the helicopter for some reason. He's like, I'm done with these cops. I can't can't hit them. Might as well try to take down the helicopter. <laughs> really like aim his gun he's just kind of like eh, let's see if this works <laughs> he just kind of shoots it up into the sky i was like nope back to shooting cops right 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 but then he doesn't get shot this whole time like the cops <laughs> no. just have decided not to shoot him i told you half the time people just stand out in the in the middle of in the of open yeah there's no happens. cover that's the other thing i don't know if we mentioned there's no cover going on they're just in the middle of the of the road yeah that's i mean god it's it's <laughs> spectacular it's amazing uh, the main cop, oh no, he gets hit by a car, this uh, guy that's shooting at the helicopter, yeah. and then he gets shot with a shotgun, so he's dead finally. Thank God. Um, then the main cop shoots the other robber in the ankles under the car, like, takes out his ankle. <laughs> like, he's but like, he's, he's, he sees okay. him, like, he, like, took cover, and he's like, oh, I see ankles. Yeah, it's like a classic scene, right? But yeah. then, instead of the guy falling to the ground, which is what happens in every other movie, this guy's just standing up. Yeah. And it's like it didn't happen. He's like, hey, what was that? His whole like, ankle, it shows a close-up, his whole ankle exploding. Bullets in this movie alternate between uh, being like a mosquito bite and just sh- making someone fly eight feet. Like, right. from the same gun. It doesn't matter. Right, right, right. Uh, so this guy who's on this, like, fucking blown-out ankle is just standing up, and they both <laughs> run out of bullets. Hey. And they're, face- they're facing off, finally, right? And the main cop pulls the guy's masks off, like, very dramatically. Like in Scooby-Doo. I don't understand (laughs) why he's doing this. And then, like, so then there's a shoot-off. Oh, no, no, wait. He says, let's make the 6 o'clock news. Um... And then both reload. So, like, he's giving him time to reload. All the other cops have stopped shooting. Yeah, all the other cops are just watching. And the cop gets his gun up first. (laughs) <laughs> then instead of shooting him, the robber takes the gun, puts it against under his chin, blows his own brains out. He does a, uh, yeah, he he commits suicide with a with a rifle. It's fantastic. And then that is the five minute point of this movie. Yep. <laughs> and that is the high point of the movie. I got up and walked around. I was like, yeah. this is incredible. I, if this, you if texted me. If there's an hour and twenty seven more minutes of this, I'm in. You text me, you're like, this is the best intro to any movie. And I got to where the car flipped. I was like, Joe, this is fantastic. And you're like, did you see the ending? I was like, no. (laughs) Even better. It gets even better. Um, So that's the end uh, of the first part of this movie. Then the best back, part of this movie. The best part of this movie. The yeah. station. We get back to the station. There's plenty of good parts in this movie, actually. Well, this is um, far, for, there are for good our parts. Purposes. There are good parts, but this is like. I could best. watch that over and over. Again. Yeah. The only thing that comes close to this is Myerling's party outfits. That's true. He has the same one. <laughs> yeah, it's just the <laughs> it's one. like the house. It's a package deal. There's one house, one robe. It's got to smell terrible, by the way. Oh. If he wears that to party every single night. Horrific. Yeah. Uh. So the cop. And his partner 
they both get applause walking into the station. But Dennis Hopper's pissed. He's the chief. That's how you know he's the chief. Yeah. <laughs> he's just pissed off. He's mad. Like, that, that's a theme in every bad action movie with a cop. The chief is just mad all the time. Over everything. Yeah. Yeah. We saw it in Death Machines. We saw it in uh, Samurai Cop. Samurai Cop. We saw it in um, one of the Martini movies. There was a mad, <laughs> a mad, uh, mad cop. Mad cop. Uh, uh, karate Raider? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe Karate Raider. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, we saw it with uh, Stasiak's boss, who yelled That's at right. him for getting his face smashed into Marvel. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Um, Okay, so he's pissed off. We get introduced to Meyerling, who's actually a pretty big part of this movie. But he, at the beginning, you just kind of think he's this fat guy that's like a yeah. fanboy of yeah. like these two cops. He's like, um, come on, Chief, lay off him. That was awesome. Like, that's great. his whole deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Dennis Hopper threatens him with male prostitution duty. <laughs> yeah, he gets one more word out of you, and you'll be working male prostitutes in Pacoima. And there's these two lady cops that are just, like, standing there. And the one lady cop's like... So the cops, we get their names. They're Steele and Wade. There are two protagonists. Uh, Hopper tells Steele to be half the cop his father was and then tells Wade to not keep the company of Steele, but also to get his vest replaced because once it's been shot, he was shot in the shootout. Yeah. It has to be replaced. You can't trust it anymore. And I love he's like, hey, Wade, you stick around with this Steele guy. He's going to get you killed. He, You're going to die if you hang out with him. Yeah. And he's like, you believe this? He's like you know about you get me killed no this vest stuff yeah what are you talking about i never heard that <laughs> just completely missing the point I mean, why couldn't you wear a vest it's supposed yeah. to stop bullets what if you get shot in a different part like why would yeah. that matter yeah what are the odds of a bullet hitting the same spot the exact same spot exactly same spot. come on also another another hallmark of a of a cop uh we saw it in death machine or yeah it was death machines where he's like you got to do your reports your reports yep <laughs> yeah the bad, bad, yeah bad uh chiefs of police love making sure reports get done they, they do, love there's it. so much shit hitting the fan all the time around <laughs> them that they have <laughs> to make sure it's documented yeah. that they were not responsible for it. he's like you got to cover my ass <laughs> right <laughs> you better put your name on those reports yeah um Meyerling is Steele and Wade's fanboy. Uh, Michael Madsen congratulates him. Point. Big fat cop. Because uh, he is. He's got this like big like the way he moves. Like that's not how a cop moves. Well, he does this like shuffle dance. This like backwards. shuffle model thing. Yeah. Wants to do another cop who like intimidates him off screen, which is an amazing part. Where he's like, "Come on, guys, show up to my party. It'll be a blast." And then he's like waddles backwards, and then this other older cop who's like 65 bumps into him and intimidates him off screen. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Michael Madsen congratulates him too, and we uh, he calls Steel Cowboy. Which is his uh, nickname for the rest of the film. Yeah, he's like, hey, like a cowboy. Like, he's like, can you not do that, please? <laughs> yeah. Um, he's like, you're a desperado type. But I love he's like, um, the big fat cop one does a Nixon impression. He goes, we thank you, cowboy. And does like the double, like. <laughs> oh, I'm not a crook. Yeah, he's he does fine. the double uh, victory signs. And then. Um, uh, Dennis Hopper's like, you guys need to do your ports and do cop work. And Mike Madsen immediately comes in and is like, you know what's not important? Paperwork and, co- <laughs> and, and uh, police work. 
He's Don't like, even worry about it. I'm here for the shootings, personally. Yeah. He's like, you know what you got? You know what the best part about being a cop is? Being cool as hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Meyerling invites them to his what he calls a primo party in the hills at his place. And at this point, you're like amazed. Like I, I, I almost, I had to pause. I was like, did I miss something? Like, yeah. what, wait, what is this? What does he mean a party in the hills? Um, but it's a real thing. So, uh, Wade doesn't want to go to this thing. Steele tells him to let loose a little bit. Wade is bummed that he killed a guy and then Steele calls him a bleeding heart for that. Yeah. Like Wade's like, you know what, man? I killed a guy today. I've never killed a guy before. I just kind of like need to like process that. He's like, he's like, what are you, a woman? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You on your period? Fucking pussy. Man up and come to my cocaine cop party. Yeah, in the Hollywood Hills with all the cop groupies that we groupies. know and love. They're half naked around all of us middle-aged men. Doing cocaine in front of all of the police. Oh, this is an important time to point out that Wade is actually, like, maybe in his late 20s or so. Yeah. Like, prime screen. Fucking Steel is, like, 58 years old. <laughs> like, his well, wrinkles have wrinkles. It's nuts. That's a hallmark of these these bad movies, which is guys playing roles that they are clearly way too old for. Way old for. Because yeah. they are just, like, over the hill. Like, there's no reason, like, in Beyond the Law, there's no reason for DMX to be, like, a beat cop. He's, like, 50 in that movie. That's right. Yeah. He should be a desk duty by now. Yeah. We know he's literally, the actor is, like, three years from dying at that point from, like, right. stuff. So it's like, come on. Right. Exactly. Um, so anyway, Wade gets bullied into going, basically, so he decides to go. Uh, Steele and Wade are driving to this party, and it is indeed in the hills. Yeah. Uh, Steele tells Wade that Meyerling's mother bought him a mini mansion in the hills. Which Which is insane. nuts. (laughs) That that actually happened is nuts. (laughs) Like, now that I know that it happened, this is like, I'm, I'm amazed by this. Well, it's funny, too, because you're supposed to get the idea like, hey, these guys are on the take for something. Something's not right here. And then you see what it is. And it's like it's it's it makes the Fast and the Furious heists look like they're like Ocean's Eleven. High like level. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like they're stealing like pots and pans and like <laughs> loose boom boxes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no drugs in the in like the speakers. It's just no. a speaker. Yeah. It's just speakers. <laughs> Like you're supposed to And they're to get not the idea hijacking that... a truck on the road. They're yeah. fucking going to an electronic store that doesn't have the owner there and just breaking in. Joe, how does this go up to Sacramento? How does this know. go up to the politicians in Sacramento? I don't know how they could care. It's like <laughs> I don't get it. Like it... Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Not even how do they care? How do they connect? How does this small-time like Hollywood like heist ring Connect to politicians in Sacramento. Was he like, did the politician be like, hey, I hear you're st- stealing stereos. Is that true? And he's like, maybe. And he's like, how about you kill a guy? And he's like, <laughs> I need you to kill a guy. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, Matt is just down. He's like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, he's like, I can do that for you. What did I become a cop for if not to kill people? Yeah, well, he's got his surreptitious, like, crime drawer. Like, he has his drawer in his office that has, like, He just has a silencer a under a towel. Yeah. <laughs> great um 
so uh yes steel and wade uh are at the party uh Meyerling answers this the door at first i thought it was like an apartment complex because of how it's structured but it's like but, right didn't you think that i thought that too yeah like a miniature apartment complex or something <laughs> that was turned into apartments I was imagining them having a like a full on police party in like our apartment in at UCSB, yeah, like a one cool. bedroom like apartment. Fountain blue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a one bedroom apartment. Right. Um, but no, it's this like mini mansion. It's got like this fucking fire pit in the middle of the living room. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, it's interesting. So uh, Meyerling answers the door and he's in this like gold bathrobe and gold chains with his gun holster around. He's a fat guy. It- Rules, Joe. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, Michael Madsen is there, and he talks too low to understand in this opening scene, so he says something about bureaucrats, but I missed the entire rest of it. And there's no subtitles going on. Oh, man, yeah. It's like something-something not... bureaucrats. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to... Oh, we missed the part where he said he should be a, uh, a frustrated comedian. Oh, Meyerling, yeah. Meyerling, yeah, Meyerling. More frustrated comedian than us. Yeah, he's toasting the new generation. Okay. Uh, nope. Okay. No. I, don't have, Michael, I don't have those notes either. It's because you can't understand what he's saying. And then, yeah. he, then he gets really loud. He toasts Steele and Wade and their, their awesomeness. And then Steele says, hey, here's to the good guys. Every time they kick ass on the bad guys. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um. um we so is this and this before... is when I noticed that the party is full of porn stars. I don't think I fully processed that until it flashes around the room. You're like, holy shit! It's just fat older cops and porn stars. Joe, it's cop groupies. Those things we we know about. They love it's... they love hanging out with cops. But they're all porn star level. They're oh, all yeah. fit, work done, super fake, super, super work tight, done, yeah. tight dresses, low cut. Like it's insane. Yeah, and uh, Joe, this is where they say uh, this place is like our little uh, Hotel California. You can check in, but you can never leave. Joe, <laughs> Hotel California. That line is like one of the most famous lines in music. Yeah, yeah. And they just completely whiff and botch it, and nobody was like, "Hold on, that's not." <laughs> no the one's line. heard that song. <laughs> yeah. Does nobody know that line? There's got to be like 15 people on set at least, yeah. right? 15, 20 people. Well, one of them's got to, like, get it, get the song in their head and be, like, singing along with it, like... Wait. Like you and I did. That doesn't yeah. sound right. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. It's the, the Roach Motel thing. Roaches can check in, but they can't check out. They, like, jam those two together. Right. It's going to explode. There are a few things that bother me as much as, like, screwing up basic things, like, just redo the line. Because yeah. they cut to it. It's... Right. Or ADR it. This place is like a Hotel California. You can check out, but you can never leave. Like, just yeah, ADR you, the line. Just cut it. Yeah. <laughs> just cut it in the editing room. Yeah. What was the editor thinking? It's one word. Uh, so, yeah, this is where the cop is congratulating Wade in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, and then he suddenly asks if he's ever killed anyone in the line of duty, which is such a weird follow-up to that botching of the Hotel California. Yeah. He's like, hey, have you ever killed anyone? He's like, no. He's like, you ever kill anyone? He's like, I did. And then he goes into like deep detail about how it happened. And then he's like, I don't think about it much anymore. anymore. That was a great line. Yeah, he's like talking about how he like crept into the house and like there was this guy who like wielded a butcher knife at him. Yeah, he was gonna rip his his wife's head off and (laughs) 
And then he shot the guy dead in front of his family. It's a fucking sonnet worth of fucking information. Then he's like, yeah, I don't think about it that much anymore. Yeah, he's like, I don't think about it much anymore. It's all I think about. (laughs) (laughs) Just described it in in exact detail. Um, So then that same cop, who we find out later is called Sextrum. Sextrum. Little sex for Sextrum, Joe. Little sex from Sextrum. He corners Kimberly. Kimberly, in the yes. kitchen, who's the our famous leader. cop groupie slash music video producer. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. So he corners her in the kitchen. He calls himself Sextrum. She blows him off and says that she won't be one of his groupies. And like I said, he's 58 at a minimum. At he a is minimum. ancient. Again, trend in these movies. You're like, that man is too old to be playing that role. Yeah, she's like, I'm not going to be another one of your groupies that just gets used for sex. I'm like, who else? But then it's crazy because this other younger girl comes along. He's like, hey, baby, you want a little from sex? And And she's she's like, like, all right. And she doesn't scream. It makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, But anyway, uh, some cops are uh, dressed for the party and others are dressed like cops. <laughs> Did you notice this? Yeah. Madsen is dressed like as a cop. I think he's on duty. Cause he like takes a call in the party. He at a, at a different, yeah. yeah. At a different party. I think he's just on duty. Just all the time. At just this all the time. Yeah. He's just like hanging out, drinking, responding. Which is to weird. It's like next level from chief of police. Yeah. Like, you feel- wouldn't be out on the beat that often. Yeah, he's like very. Yeah, he's like part beat cop, like part like second in command. Right, and he has a lot of time to like do assassinations for yeah. the government. And and Dennis Hopper's like, ha uh, moonlighting, burning the midnight oil, yeah. huh? <laughs> um. So yeah, it, it's just weird to me that like it almost seems forced that they're like this is a cop party, which we yeah. knew already, but they were like let's dress up half the party as cops so like they remember it's a cop party. Which even if I so if I'm at a, a party and I know that like everybody there is like I'm doing air quotes cool. Even mm-hmm. if half of them are still like dressed like cops, I'm like it's weird. <laughs> I don't trust this. I'm not going to do coke in front of those guys. Well, yeah, the woman who in the foreground of a scene is just doing coke. Yeah. Like, not in the background. She is in the foreground. It's in the conversation between Kimberly and Steele. Yeah. And you can hear their audio. But you're right. In the foreground, right in the front and center, is this woman doing cocaine off the countertop. It's like if this was filmed on an iPhone, like, it would keep, like, she would keep stealing focus. Because the phone's like, this, this, is who, this is who you want to be recording, right? Like, no. The people in the back. Right. There's a lot of really weird cinematography choices yeah. in this movie. There's like one in the apartment where like Steel and Wade are talking, but they're talking in the distance, like down <laughs> the hall. And then it cuts like it's like they realize halfway through the conversation. Oh, shit. And they cut back to like right in front of them. Oh, man. fucking fucking crazy. Uh, so like, yeah, like I said, there's cocaine going on. There's also naked women just t- topless everywhere. Yeah. With huge uh, boobs. <laughs> Again, they're, they're fucking, they're L.A. 10s, if that makes any sense. Like, they're exactly what you'd expect an L.A. 10 to be. Joe, I'm waiting for you to talk about one thing, and we need to get to it. Uh, okay, let's see if it's this. Steel is hitting on Kimberly. Uh, <laughs> cut to the cop dancing with a topless woman half his age. Nope, that's not it. Okay. Uh, Kimberly has heard of the infamous cowboy who just got his nickname. <laughs> that day. She's like, that you must be infamous cowboy. 
Well, I guess she would know who he was because they're because he this is the night that he killed the guy and they gave him the cowboy nickname and they're telling the story like all throughout the party. So they must she must have heard you of find it. that out like a second later is that all these other cops are doing while they're like trying to hit on these young women are telling stories about cowboy. Yeah, they're like, this guy killed a guy that could have been me. I could have killed a guy. I know. That have guy. Sex. I, I know that guy. I if you have that. sex with me, I'll introduce you to him. Maybe. Maybe he'll kill you. Who Maybe is? he'll kill you and your whole fucking family. Yeah, who's to say? <laughs> who's to say? Uh, are you a minority? <laughs> uh, uh, we'll get to that in a second. Okay, that that's it starts to go there pretty soon. Yeah. Cops all over the party are telling stories about Cowboy, right? I just mm-hmm. said that. Steele and Kimberly walk in on a... Oh, this is, this this is it. Okay. This is it. <laughs> okay. So Steele and Kimberly, they're walking down the hall. You think they're going to go somewhere and get a little private. They open the bathroom, and in the bathroom are two topless girls, and they are whipping this cop on the back? Yeah, with his baton. I thought it was, like, with a whip. No, it's his, it's his baton. Oh, it's he's his like, baton. And he's, like, harder. Yeah. He's, like... Harder. They close the door. Their reaction to that is like if you fucking caught somebody like taking a piss. Yeah. Their reaction to that was like, hey, lock the door next time. Like, yeah, they're like <laughs> they barely even they just look at each other and like roll their eyes. Like, Dude, wait, is this normal? Is this I walked like- in on a guy peeing on a train once, and like my reaction was bigger because it was like a one bathroom thing, and I was like, whoa, close the door, but or lock the Sorry, door guys. next time. Yeah. They're, they 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 don't even like they're like, huh. Guess we need to find another room. <laughs> they open another door. The same thing's happening behind it. <laughs> Man, how many rooms are in this house? <laughs> how many bathrooms are in this how, house? How many sex dungeons are in this house? Um, Michael Madsen. gets worse from there at this point. Michael Madsen scene right here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Michael Madsen bitches about therapists trying to determine if his killings are racially motivated. Like, that's the whole conversation. Well, he goes, I hate him. I hate him. And they go, is that Asians or all minorities? That's what the other cop says. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what is that your gut reaction? Yeah, but what does he say? He says something like, hey, if I see some, you know, lily white European debutante yeah. pulling, pulling a gun. A, I'm going to blow her brains all over the sidewalk or something. fucking brains out, too. I just like killing people. No yeah. race matters not to me. Which also, this is insane behavior to start screaming about how you don't need therapy in the middle of a party, (laughs) regardless of what it is. Witnesses. Yeah, this is insane behavior. This is why you have you're in therapy, Michael Madsen. Right, right, right. Uh, So Sexstrom gets bored with this conversation, so he goes to hassle Steele about getting Kimberly. He's like, you know, fake congratulating him, like, way to go, buddy. Hey, you know, I fucked her too for a while. Which is gross, by the way. I think, look, I'm not of the of the ilk to judge women on who they dated, but I think if I heard that she fucked this guy, this guy's an exception. Like anyone who's it's been, like, like it's like a uh, uh, office space. Yes, it's like Lumberg. Exactly. <laughs> yes, it's the Lumberg thing. You're like, wait, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah. Also, you missed the, the motto that the guy tries to make for the LAPD, which is arrest nobody. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No prisoners. That's my motto. Arrest nobody. That's what I want to hear. Right. Uh, Cut to the woman um, tonguing a guy's ear. (laughs) Just fast cuts to a woman tonguing a guy's ear. And then two women, topless women, on top of each other, surrounded by guys. So there's, like, almost a shower show going on. Like, this is almost a strip club. Joe, 
Here's how I know this is somebody's house, though. They're on a pool table, but they, like, put something down on the pool table. Oh. So they're not like, we're not going to mess up this guy's pool table. It's like one of the producer's houses? Or yeah. yeah. And Joe, the, 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 like, them, like, making out whatever on the table isn't even the weird part. One of the cops is talking to him like he's a pirate. Oh, yeah, he's going, arg, maybe. He's like, he's like, take them all off or we'll feed you to the sharks, lassies. Why is this this guy pirate themed? Just this guy. I, I He's know. not like wearing a pirate hat. It's not like a costume party. It's no, kinda... you're right. They're not dressed like like pirate girls or anything. No, it's just like his thing. They're like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's a fucking Asperger statement. He's just like shouting what's in his head. He's like, that's Bob. He just likes to pretend like he's a pirate. That's just like his thing. Like, like fucking dodgeball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's Bob. He's Steve the pirate. Right. Uh, Steel exchanges. Steel numbers. grabs him. He's like, "You're not a pirate." <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so they go. Steel and her go to the garage, and for some reason, her car's in the garage, which is fucking weird, right? Because this is Meyerling's house. Yeah. So, just, but it's like, wandering around. But it's Kimberly's car, so she gets into her car. They exchange numbers, uh, and we find out that she works on a movie set. Yeah. And I mean, there's. I instinctually think of a certain kind of movie. It does not turn out to be that, but it turns out to be like a level up from that. It's a, it's a music. She, she does music videos. She does music videos. Right. Yeah. Um, which is a great scene, by the way. I love that scene. Uh, so anyway, we go to the store. Uh, we cut to a store, some convenience store. And we have um, an Asian convenience store owner who looks like, well, like we looked him up. And he's only had bit parts in a bunch of movies. Kevin, some or Kevin. something you Oh, no, that's the guy later on. No, that is this guy. No, that's it's, this um, guy. Oh, what's it? Its last name is Fu. F-O-O. Hold on. He's not in the main Fu. It's uh, Colin Fu. Colin Fu. Okay. And all of his credits are, like, proprietor, grocer, like, monk. Like, yeah, he doesn't have names. He has rules. shot in the chest by gangbangers. So, yeah, like, that's his job. So there's also there's a black and Latino gang, which is fucking funny. Because in L.A.? <laughs> There's like a co-opt gang. Yeah. <laughs> made up of two dudes of different races. Like that would ever fucking happen. Three dudes. Or the, one there gets a, killed. One gets oh, killed. This scene, or no, in the um next convenience. Yeah. Person. Actually four, because there's the getaway driver. Oh, that's right. That's and, right. But three of them are African American, three of them are black guys. So the the Hispanic guy, the Latino guy, he's gotta be like maybe it's like a um an exchange program. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. One of the yeah. black guys went to the, like, the, the MS-13. The MS- He's like in yeah, MS-13. Yeah. And then one of theirs came to the Bloods. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So they, yeah, they're holding up an Asian-owned convenience store. They shoot the and kill the old Asian man. Which seems like, uh, it seems like an accident because the one guy's like, what did you do? And then they're like, oh, no, no, that's their MO. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they always leave a body. Um, and it, it's this seems kind of sudden. You're like, wait, the way they cut away from it, I'm like, are they going to go back to that? Yeah, are they going to go back to the party? Like, does this ma- matter? Um, the next scene is at a triple X theater. Yeah, playing Flesh Gordon, Joe. Is that what it's called? That was on the on the marquee. It said Flesh Gordon. Okay, I don't think this was Flesh Gordon. <laughs> no, it was because. Not. They show up. Um, the front desk guy says he doesn't want this dude dealing in his club anymore. Yeah. This Leon guy. Uh, and then they walk in on the movie and it's playing. And it can only be described 
as like Broadway cheerleader porn. Because there's a clearly insane. choreographed number going on. It was like somebody described uh, like Rocky Horror Picture Show to somebody, but they only had like cheerleader outfits. Because right. it's kind of like the scene with like the beefcake guy when like, I forget his name in Rocky Horror. But it's it's like it's like they're like porn parody Rocky Horror, but they only had cheerleader outfits. Yeah, only cheerleaders. Yeah, um, it's it's a bizarre porn. It's <laughs> like insane. I'm, I'm thrown thrown off by it immediately. And then um, like a real Broadway show, there's two gay guys that are making out in the background. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh yeah, in this straight porn movie, there's two gay guys making out. I just I just saw the the like fat guy in the back with the popcorn. Oh yeah, that dude. <laughs> He's just like he's like looking at his popcorn and like actually like having a snack like very weird behavior that that's weirder behavior than like what Pee Wee Herman gay, got arrested for. Gay men going to a straight porn. Well, that's that's they just need privacy, Joe. Sure, but yeah, no like, one would expect them. You know what it is? They're cheating. They're in they're in a an affair situation. Yeah, and they're like, where would be the last place that anyone exactly. would look for us together? Is the straight movie theater seeing right. Flesh Gordon? Right. Uh, the musical. Yeah. <laughs> the musical. Uh, Steel and Wade drag these two dudes out of the uh, theater. One of them is Barry Mitchell from Phoenix, Joe. Yeah, his name's <laughs> Barry Mitchell. Uh, he calls him boy right before he asks him what his name is. He's yeah. like, I'm Barry Mitchell from Phoenix. And he's like, oh, that sounds, uh, uh, you're white, huh? You can leave. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm going to let you off with the war. So he's not only is he like, He's like, hey, Barry and Mitchell. And the black guy immediately knows what's going on because he bolts. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Barry Mitchell from Phoenix, you're what we like to call a witness, so we're going to let you get out of here. Yeah, like, oh, shit. And the black guy runs. The black guy. And then he says, we're not going to. He's like, you. What does he say? He's like, uh, you run, I slam or something. Like, because he's right. like, he like catches him and he like slams him into the wall. And he's like, look, we're not going to do any Rodney King thing here. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm speechless. Uh, he gets chased down. He comes back. His name's Leon, the black guy. Yeah. Uh, Leon says he doesn't know the white guy, so they let him go. And then Leon says he'll turn informant. He's like, wait, wait, wait before you decide to murder me in cold blood, I'll turn informant for you guys. That uh, about those convenience store shooters. They yeah. were black, I heard. <laughs> yeah. There are. That happens twice in this movie where they're like, it happens with Myerling later where he's like, you're going to go to jail. And he's like, ah, that's fine. You know, jail's whatever. And they're like, jail's going to be bad. He's like, no. Rammed in the ass. <laughs> well, that, that's Kimberly. We need to talk about Kimberly's psychosis later. But, but they're like, you're going to go to jail. He's like, whatever. They're like, jail's bad. Remember? He's like, no, I'll flip. Oh, no. I'll, flip. I'll, I'll, I'll snitch on everybody. Oh, you didn't mean house arrest at my mansion? Oh, yeah, I gotta, I, I can't have that. Uh, Leon, yeah, you can imagine him, like, wandering off in his thoughts and, like, imagining about having the same party every night. Every day. 20 years. They're like, you, you'll you never leave your house again. He's like, never leave my house again. It's like, the ripples. Yeah. He just wakes up every morning, he opens a closet door, it's just all the party, the gold party robes. Gold robes. He opens another closet. It's just all gold chains. <laughs> right, right, Um, Yeah, Leon says he'll turn informant. And the cops want info on the convenience store shooters. They don't They don't connect those two things at all, though. They're just like, hey, you're going to give us information on those convenience store shooters. He's like, 
uh, <laughs> and then it got yeah. to the next scene. Yeah, they're like, okay, that's done. Like, it's like the the convenience store shooter thing. It was almost like they were like, this movie's too short. We need another plot. We need an ongoing story. Yeah. In this we need a B-plot. And right. it's like the B-plot, it, it starts up so suddenly and it resolves just as quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut to Steele's dad's place uh, of business. It's his convenience store. He owns a convenience store. Can you see where this is going? Uh-oh. Steele's dad asks Wade about Tracy and Courtney, and then Wade says that they're still on, on the outs. Yeah. His, his well, wife. Also, um, Steele's like, yeah, you know, he worked the force for 40 years or whatever. And then he bought a convenience store and he runs a convenience store, which is more dangerous than being a cop. Right. Yeah. He's like, like, it's that's a like, oh, my God, he admitted moment because cops are always like, it's the most dangerous job. And it's always like 20th. Oh, my God. He admitted. Yeah, because because of this job, he has a fucking shotgun bolted to the bottom, like under his gas cash register. Yeah. Um, Steel Sr. then tells his son to start a family. Oh, like, wait. When are you going to start a family? Hold on, Joe. I made a special note here. So, so you can get divorced. <laughs> so anyway. convenience store clerks. Yeah. More, it's a more dangerous job than being a cop. Mm-hmm. Joe, I would like to thank you for your service. <laughs> your time as a convenience store clerk. No I, wor- I worked the fucking graveyard shift. That would be the time. Yeah, you worked with Colin Fu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, <laughs> Colin Fu. I knew like five guys that looked like Colin Fu that got shot in the chest. <laughs> and it was the same guy. You just keep getting <laughs> shot. He appeared. It's like a, it's like a, um, the illusionist. Yeah. <laughs> the, there's just Colin Fu. Oh no, not like, the illusionist. Not the illusionist. The, the uh, the other yeah. one. What's the other one? Ah, uh, you're fucking with my head now. Ah, uh, they came out at the same time. I know. Uh, there's a twin Tesla, yep. but they both have Tesla, don't they? Oh, prestige, prestige, the prestige. prestige. Yeah, we, we, we made fun of this movie on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. there's just fields of Colin Foods. Right, <laughs> that's, right. That, that's the takeaway. Right, right. And hats <laughs> and top hats. <laughs> um, so I, I like when the kids walk in to the store and then Steele says, uh, Hey kids, I'm coming right over, which is incredible convenience store service. <laughs> yeah. Hi, welcome to my convenience store. Is there anything I can help you find? Hello. Yes, <laughs> ma'am. Can I can I get you uh, an expired bag of chips? Perhaps a dusty can of soda? <laughs> Have you heard of Abba? In, in for a tr- looking for a treat, huh? Have you heard of Abba Zaba? This I think this one's older than you are. <laughs> Young man. <laughs> um so then Wade and Steel arrive at an electronic store which is being hijacked by michael madsen and sextrum and meyerling and others there's like two others here i think um i don't know if falco's here at this point because they i don't know who falco is by this point so i didn't look out for him i, I think falco just shows up at that scene where he's like falco <laughs> you're right that's the first time he appears in the movie and then he's like the fourth guy in this fucking yeah. conspiracy then he's part of the conspiracy right um it was so, almost like it was almost like the director the director's buddy was like, This looks really cool. You gotta get me in this movie. <laughs> he's like, I'm, All right, you're part I, of the crime now. Um so they're jacking stereo equipment from the store. Uh and they tell Steel to call it in. And you can tell Wade is noticeably not comfortable with this. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Steel is kind of uncomfortable with it, but it's also like he's kind of been here before. He like knows about it. He wants to be cool. They're like, don't you want to be cool? Yeah, they like hand him a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. They hand him they hand him a boombox. They're like, come on, man. All the cool kids are doing it. All the cool kids are smoking yeah. these. <laughs> Which complete aside, I need to talk to you about a boombox at a movie, Joe. Okay. So it's Halloween or it's October. It's spooky month. We're watching spooky movies. We mm-hmm. watched Final Destination last night. Okay. Ah. The first. The first one. It's Final Destination. It's on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. All of them are. Which have you watched all the Final Destination movies? I wonder if those could qualify as an action movie. I, of course, I've seen all the Final yeah. Destination. Final Destination 5, second most out of nowhere ending ever. Where it's just like, oh, this is a prequel to the first one. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Anyways, so we're watching Final Destination. And if you haven't seen Final Destination, this is this is the first like five minutes of the movie. So they get on the plane and he has the vision of like the plane crashing. Mm-hmm. There's a loose boombox that hits somebody in the head. That's <laughs> like, right. <laughs> While it's crashing, right? It like falls out of the overhead compartment. Like, why is there a loose boombox on this plane? That's amazing. Yeah. Sorry, that's, I just that's such a dated scene. Like, yeah. like some movies manage not to be dated, but like that one moment dates that scene. Yeah, that boombox. Like, oh my god. Sorry, I just it it's I've been thinking about it. So yeah, um wild. Uh, so anyway, they're stealing boomboxes. These guys. That's the big heist. And then Steel calls it in. He says there's no sign of the perps anywhere. Yep. Just cops robbing stuff. But they were definitely black. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Meyerling. Like, t- and one pulled a gun on me. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Wait. wait what's Jackson happening in the story shooting. again? <laughs> he's like, don't worry about it, man. I'm gonna, he's like, I'm keeping this in my back pocket for later. <laughs> uh, Meyerling tells Wade to lighten up. Uh, there's another party tonight. <laughs> These guys are like 40. I could. They're partying. <laughs> Later on, Falco's like, I don't know. Things. I was so drunk. Like these guys are getting blacked out every night, and they're in their 40s. It's fucking wild. Um, so Steele says, "This is a victimless crime, and insurance will cover it." Where have I heard that before? <laughs> Joe, everybody's a victim in this because your insurance rates will go up if you were insured right. with this person. Everybody's a victim, Joe. You and me, all of us. I'm a victim. That's 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 my bonus they're carrying out of that that store. Goddamn right it is. I'm the victim here, Joe. Where's my speakers? <laughs> Where's my boombox? Boom Where's my pots and pans? Right. Uh, Internal Affairs shows up at the scene. Steele and Wade both lie about this thing. I don't know why Internal Affairs would show up or suspect <laughs> that this would be an inside job immediately. Yeah. Well, we know why later on. Spoiler alert. They do say it's happened three times, like, yeah. in the last month or so, but... But IA responds so fast. They're the first on the scene. They're, yeah, they're the first on the scene, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is insane. It's crazy. Um, So party number two, why reveal your hand, too? I always thought Internal Affairs acted kind of covertly. Cause, yeah, like, until they're ready to go, I thought. Because the cops, like, why... The cops are the ones that know about this or hear about it. Why would you just be like, hey, we're investigating you guys, by hey, the way. FYI, yeah. Hey, if you've got anything lying around, make sure to bury it in the backyard. Yeah, hey, just so you know, you're under investigation, just FYI. Right. Uh, now we're at party number two, okay? 
which looks exactly like party number one because Marling's wearing the same thing. And it's I, this, Joe, these were filmed. These had to have been filmed at the same time. Same night, right? It had yeah, to be. Yeah, they had to be. I, All these party scenes had to have been filmed in this house at the same time. I didn't look to see if other people were wearing the same outfit. I should well, have done that. Michael Madsen is because he just wears – he only wears his costume. <laughs> that would be funny if, like, he went up to these, like, hey, uh, I've never gotten a chance to play a cop. I always play kind of a fucking criminal. But uh, And I know I'm kind of a criminal in this movie. But do you mind if I just wear the uniform? I mean, when am I going to get a chance to do this? Like, all the time. Oh, actually, you know what? When he does the assassination, he's not in uniform. You're I right. Think. He's in a black sweater. No, he he's not. He just puts it over the cop uniform. <laughs> like, he does the assassination. He's like, And then he pulls <laughs> it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's getting toasty under there. I like to. So you hear stories about like in L.A. and New York, like people like uh, in in costume in like movies and TV shows, like going to like coffee shops or whatever. That'd be great if Michael Madsen's just strolling around L.A. to like coffee shops trying to get like an, a cop discount. And they're like, acting. yeah. And they're like, is that Michael Madsen? It's <laughs> <As> a <laughs> cop. He's a movie star. He has money, right? Right. Why is he doing this? <laughs> Yeah. It's such a Does weird thing. Any, uh, law enforcement discounts? Like, right. um, he's just like pulling over random people. <laughs> he's not allowed yeah. to do that. Cop cars. He's like, I'm just practicing. It's like James Woods in The Simpsons. He's just practicing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Myerling answers the door. He pulls over a stoner kid. Stoner kid's like, I'm me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's like, what's your name? Let me see your license and registration. He looks at his IDs like, whoa. <laughs> um, Steele shows up pissed to this thing. Uh, Sexstrom says he saw Kimberly swinging on some guy's dick back there. Steele and Sexstrom start fighting immediately. Yeah, immediately. He's like, how dare you say that about this woman I met last night? This whore. <laughs> this whore that banged you two. Yeah this, yeah, this woman who's a cop groupie. She loves me. <laughs> right. Uh, Michael Madsen and Sexstrom get the call to go somewhere, uh, and so they do. Uh, they end up tag teaming well, across. Sexstrom takes a shot. Wait, what? Like they get the call, and then Sexstrom takes a shot of liquor. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you can kind of tell they're not like going on duty, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and they aren't because they're going to bang a prostitute in their Except car. The, the way this cuts. Yeah. The way this cuts, I was like, are Madsen and Sexstrom banging? Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah, it immediately cuts to the cop car, and, and you hear grunts. It's like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> like, the whole cop car is rocking. And then, like, just then one guy just... see them, there's nobody else in the car <laughs> yes, but them. Yes, yes, yes! <laughs> it cuts to them in the front seat talk. Like, Sexstrom gets out and, like, zips his fly, and then they're talking in the front seat. I was like... Did they have sex? And then, yeah, the hooker, like, pops up. What a great movie this could have been if they just <laughs> went with that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, she pops up in the back, and she's like, am I done here? And they and just completely ignore her. <laughs> they completely ghost her while they talk about, like, fucking Steel and Wade and whether they can be trusted and stuff. He's like, I don't know. Maybe they can. And even the girl in the back is just like, am I going to get paid for this? Yeah. And then she, like, gets angry and storms she off. She storms off, yeah. Calls him a naughty word. <gasps> but I think it was okay back then. Well, uh, it's only okay if you also... She's also like, also, have you heard about Fat Burger? <laughs> there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a great deal there. There's a great deal. You can get a whole meal for, like, $3.25. Yeah. Um, Steel. Uh, yeah, Steel talks to his dad at his house. 
uh, about what to do if he notices other cops doing illegal things. And Steel Senior says that skimming here and there has always happened, and it's fine. Which is not insane logic for a cop to have. This is like supposed to be the best, the wise old sage that like we all listen to in the movie. He's supposed to be like the voice of reason and like the moral compass of this movie. And he's like, look, you're going to do some crimes. He's like, look, you're going to do some skimming. He says, bend the law. Don't break it. You're a police officer. Yes. That means you get to do crimes. He's like, think about it. You're at a bakery. You get to take home the, the day-olds. That's fine. You're a cop. You get to take home some pots and pans, some <laughs> some boom boxes. These things happen, okay? It's crime. It's like a fringe benefit. <laughs> Victimless crime, dude. Victimless crime. Come on. That's like frat guy logic. Like, he, like, steals from Target. He's like, victimless crime, bro. Nobody like, wants this ugly shirt. Yeah, Target's a multi-billion dollar company, bro. Right. Who's going to get mad? Victimless crime. He yeah. walks out with the big screen TVs like victimless crime. Victimless. Blah, I can't talk. Don't even crime, notice this. Yeah. How could they know? Oh, They're Come all on. the way in China. It's called shrink, man. They expect you to steal. Victimless yeah, crime, bro. Why they put it out on the shelves? Yeah. If they didn't want you to take it, why is it just sitting here? Why is it not behind Exactly. Come on, bro. Uh, get, your, get your head in the game. That's the first thing Steel Senior says. Yeah. Uh, but then he says it's only okay if they're doing it against criminals, not normal people. Yeah. <laughs> Still for mom and pops. That's not cool. But I love how he's like. Because he's a small business owner now. Yeah, he gets he's it. like, hold on, wait a second. Except convenience stores. <laughs> right. Um, but I love how he's like. Seals like, look, you told me about the code of silence. You told me to not snitch on other cops. Hmm. But I need to snitch on some cops. <laughs> Right. Uh, so then Steele goes to visit Kimberly at work in what is probably one of my top three favorite scenes in this movie. Uh, it's another movie where they just hard cut to ass. Yeah, hard cut to two asses. Two. Joe. Uh, in sequence, and at this point, I can't tell if it's two dudes or two go- girls. I couldn't either. That's right? what I was going to say. I, I was like, I didn't know who's killer legs. So I'm like, I can't really tell what's happening right now. And they were kind of, they weren't wearing like bikini bottoms. They're wearing the like unisex hot like, hot pants. yeah, hot pants. Thank you. Yeah, they were wearing hot pants. Yeah. So it was very uh, unsure. But yeah. Um, yeah. so they cut to them, and then as they pull out, you're like, oh, these are two girls. They kind of have glitter on and stuff. And then it cuts to like a shirtless guy like dancing and singing in the background like, with his get your chromosome is i think what he was singing the song goes uh the chorus goes get your chromosomes up get higher <laughs> what does that mean i don't know what that means either it's like it's like i don't know <laughs> it's like wonder, people turning oh. unretarded or something like i don't understand the, so and when i was trying to figure out the rap rock song in the credits there's a song in the credits called uh where did it go what is it called it's called um uh test tube baby i wonder if this is test tube baby what is this there's a in the credits there's a song called test tube baby oh, I okay. wonder, look it up i wonder if that's this song no i looked it up none of the songs in this uh in this <laughs> movie exist anywhere by the way there's a song called requiem for a hobo in this oh movie. nice it's probably that song that plays when he gets hit by a car oh yeah <laughs> probably 
But anyway, there's also like smoke machine and neon lights and, and like laser. Remember those laser things? Oh, yeah. It would shoot all over the place like a Qzar. Anyway, the director comes in and says, cut, cut, cut. That was absolutely the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. That had about as much sex appeal as Bob Dole with a heart on, for Christ's sakes. And I was like, what was he watching? Because <laughs> I was, like, enthralled. <laughs> yeah. Dude. And the guy, we didn't talk about it. The guy's pants were low. It was, like, one step above in Roadhouse when you see um, um, his uh, his pubes. The director? Yeah, no, the the Get Your Chromosome Up guy. Oh, the lead singer of Get yeah. Your Chromosomes Up. Yeah, it was very low. He had Yeah, the cum gutters were showing. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that so much. Ugh. Um, so Kimberly is the producer of this music video uh, and says Steele's showing up at her work while she's on duty shows commitment, which is the last thing I would think. It seems more annoying. Well, although she did ask him to come by, but it seems annoying to me. Yeah, super annoying. It's like I have a job to do here. He's there with his partner like they're on duty. Yeah. Like it, he's just like there's like a crime going on. He's like, not now. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm busy. Call someone else. Yeah, I'm busy. And then like Wade tries to take it. He's like, no, no, no dude, you're my wingman. You, yeah, you fucking come on. stay. You go, you um, go talk to uh to the, that guy. He's got low pants. He's like, for the last time, I am not gay. He's like, he's like, why'd you break up with your wife? Yeah. <laughs> why are we roommates? I guess I think. I can't tell who's up to that part, can you? Um, so, uh, Steele's... Wait, wait, wait. What's happening here? Okay, we cut away from the scene. Steele's dad is getting robbed by the convenience store robbers. Yeah, but they just, like... So, like, they... They... Show in this movie that there's one entrance to this convenience store. And the robbers come from a different direction. Yeah, like, they, they were just, like, like all stand- around off screen. Yeah. They were just, like, standing there off-screen waiting. Yeah. Uh, Manson says, I'm glad to see everyone's acting like a... Oh, wait, 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 no, 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 that's after this. So, uh, Steel's dad is getting robbed by the convenience store robbers, and he, uh, I I think a woman gets, like, taken hostage. Yeah, she, like, comes in, and a guy just, like, grabs her and, like, takes her hostage. Right. And then Steele's dad blows one of them away with a shotgun that's, like, strapped to the bottom of his cash register. I thought it was just, like, a like a, a handgun. I thought no, it was a revolver. it's a sawed-off shotgun. Oh, it's a sawed-off? Okay, I thought it was yeah. a, a, a large revolver. Because it blows him back. Well, like, Joe, that's, that's... That's true. That's not evidence enough in this yeah. movie. Joe, this um, is also the movie where a guy got shot in the ankle and stood on it. So it's not true. like they're very realistic. They're not staying true to physics. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so... Then, um, okay, uh, he blows one, one away with a shotgun. He gets shot in the arm by another one. He, like, grazed. And then Steele and the other cops show up. And this is great because Madsen's there with uh, fucking uh, Sextrum. Yeah. And uh, Steele, he, he's just being menacing. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> They're, like, standing behind the soda, like, the two leaders. Yeah. And then fucking um, uh, Steel says, if I find this guy, I'm going to kill him. Sexton's like, hey, that'll get you fucking fired. Yeah, hey, Sexton's we don't want to like, hear that, buddy. They're just yeah. harassing him. Like, that's all they're doing. After his dad almost got murdered. <laughs> yeah. But I love his dad does the thing in every movie when somebody gets hurt. They just He just kind of, like, gently rubbed the area. Yeah, like, the he's, yeah he's still just open. Like, no one's put yeah. a bandage on yeah, him. Yeah, nobody's tended to him. 
like the police have responded. There are four police officers there. Nobody has done anything to tend to this wound, which There's needs no a medic. There's a dead yeah. body there. <laughs> yeah, which needs a a sling later. And he's right. just kind of just like holding it and like nobody's tending to it at all. His son's not like, hey, let me check out that wound or anything. It's just I can't figure out why it would need a sling, by the way, unless it hit the bone, which like it couldn't have. Well, if it needed stitches, they might have needed it to stay in place so that he didn't pop the stitches. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so it doesn't open up a little more. Um, anyway, this is another great scene because Madsen in Sex from standing behind the two leaders. And Madsen's like... Uh, wait, what does he say? I'm glad to see everyone's acting like a professional. And then in front of everybody steals a two-liter Pepsi. <laughs> he's a little for you, a little for me. It's like he's giving off the top of this fucking convenience store of his friend that just had his dad get shot. He can't help himself. And it's like he's like, oh, are we not supposed to do this at this one? My bad. Sorry. It's just an instinct with me. I'm sorry. He's just, we find out later he's not even a cop. He's just a guy who stole a cop's uniform. Right. And he's like, wait, isn't this what cops do? Yeah. Um, Steel Sr. says a good cop doesn't get emotional. It's just business. And I can't tell if he's talking about killing a guy or the Pepsi that got stolen. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. He's like, I can't get mad. I know I killed a guy today, but he just stole a soda. And I don't know which one to get mad about. So <laughs> I don't I can't. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> These are equal to me. I don't really I can't follow. Um. So Kimberly is at Steele's place and he's consoling. She is consoling. No, they're at her place. Oh, it's this her place. Way, this is way too nice to be Wade and Steele's apartment. Oh, well, see, I didn't know that they lived together. So at first I thought it was Steele's place, but you're right. It could be her place. Yeah. And it was just like a hard cut to them sitting in front of the fire. And like, I don't know about cops. It's like mourning his father that's yeah. gotten grazed. He got grazed. His father's fine. He's like, he was a hell of a man. He was a great man. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? He wants his father more at this point than later on in the movie. When he finds out they got shot to death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, st- uh, spoiler. Anyway, um, so Kimberly, they're sitting in front of the fire, uh, and then uh, we get a scene. <laughs> we get a Skinamax scene, basically. So uh, for a long time, I I contended that uh, the take my breath away scene in Top Gun was the most awkward sex scene in any movie. Or the room, maybe. Oh, the room. The that, yeah. I but think this, this pops it. This, he is in pain, Joe. His back <laughs> is getting thrown out in each of these shots. And he shows it. He's like, like when he finishes at the end, he's like a fucking plank. He can't <laughs> fucking move his head or shoulders. He is. He is pained, and it is awkward and aggressive, and there's, it's like, the sex music is almost like Calypso. It's like steel drums. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. The music is terrible. It's so much to take in while you're watching it. It's like, yeah. what is like, going on here? It's almost like you're getting, your eyes are getting raped. You're like, wait, what's happening? And I want, I want this sex scene to, in jail, and I want it to be raped every right. day. Every day, I want it to hurt like it hurt me. Yeah. Um. Which we're not insane. That's a line from this movie. We'll that get is a line. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But yeah, this sometimes when I watch these movies, I like take notes, and sometimes I just kind of like I do the take thing where I just, just yeah, I just stare agape and just like there's no notes for the scene, and it's just like question marks when I'm done with it, and that was this. 
Yeah. How do you even explain that to your wife when she walks in? Like, what redeeming answer? What answer could you give? I'm like, wait, hold on. Let me show you the scene with the bathroom and the baton. Hold on. It's it's even weirder than this. Let's see. It's yeah. part of the, it's part of the movie. Um. So anyway, <laughs> crazy scene. Uh, Wade. Oh, they keep switching positions too. I want to keep talking about the scene. Aggressively. Aggressively, because like yeah. it's whatever position he cannot be in pain, right? You can almost hear him go like, "This one's not working for me. This, this is fucked up." Yo, it looks more like a uh, like uh, jujitsu, like grappling. Yeah. Than sex. It is sparring. Out of control. Yeah, they are sparring, Joe. Yeah. Uh. So next scene, Wade. It cuts to Wade. He's drinking a beer alone. And he's thinking about his family, I which is kind of nice juxtaposition. I thought they were dead. Oh, his dead family? <laughs> I wrote, is his family dead? Question <laughs> mark. Um, no, they're very much alive. Uh, so Steele and Wade then head out to Leon's place. And Joe, uh, this is when I can tell you exactly when this movie was filmed. Okay. Or at least this scene. All right. Because they drive past a movie theater that has X-Men, Me, Myself, and Irene, Scary Movie, and Chicken Run all oh, playing. Shit. And um, they drive by a poster of Coyote Ugly. Coyote Ugly, which comes out in August. But uh, those movies overlapped at about July 15th and 16th of 2000. Of, uh, 2000. Oh, shit. Okay. Nice. So we know exactly when this movie was filmed. Just keep that in mind because this movie came out after 9-11. Mm-hmm. So it sat on the shelf for a year and a half. Right. And there's another thing that's mind-blowing when you realize this movie came out after 9-11. Just keep that in mind. This movie okay. came out after 9-11. After 9-11. So Steel and Wade, they head out to Leon's place. You'll remember Leon, the drug dealer in the porn theater. The snitch. Um, who was supposed to have some information for them. Um, they want the identity of the convenience store shooters. Leon, they bust in. He's shot to death. Yep. And he's wearing white face. Yes. He does not need stitches. I they love say, that. That's the hallmark of a terrible movie. When they, like... <laughs> their dead makeup is like somebody just, like... They're like a ghost. They, like, took, like, baby powder and just, like, shook it on him. They're like, you're yeah. dead now. It's fucking weird. It's just terrible. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is quite the escalation from robbing AMPMs. They're yeah. like, we're going to brutally murder this guy. Right, right. Uh, Steel and Wade come across cops... In the parking lot. They get called to another job. They just like, yeah, they're like, what happened here? Like, I don't know. That's for the detectives to find out. Anyways, let's leave. They have that exchange. Right, right. There's got to be some evidence there of like who these guys are and how to track them down. But instead they get a call and they're like, oh, we've got them surrounded somewhere in the area. (laughs) No, they're like, we've got them surrounded. And they show up and there's just four cops in a parking lot. They're like, where are they? And they're like, yeah, they're around here somewhere. (laughs) They're gone. I don't know. They took off, I think. They're in the area. Um, Yeah, there ends up being six cops in this underground (laughs) structure. Doing nothing for like 15 minutes. And then one car drives by with two black guys. They're like, hey, these is... They don't even drive by. They drive into the parking structure. Like... (laughs) And then the cops are like... Wait, we're on the clock. We should do something. We should, we should hassle these guys. Um. So, yeah, they're in a parking lot. Um. The lady cops burn one of the male cops, Rodriguez, who's like, uh, if I find these fuckers, I'll fucking kill them or some shit. Yeah. And then one of them says, Jesus, Rodriguez, is your IQ larger than your dick size? I said, it should be, right? Cause yeah, that's how that works. Like, this guy's got a 70-inch dick. He'd still be retarded. 
Like that that's how this works. Stupid. That's being like what's bigger, your shoe size or your weight, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like well, one should be much, much higher. That's how yeah. this works. Yeah, what's higher? Your fucking um height or your income? You <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> idiot. Moron. Uh so these two black guys pull You're up. Tall broke idiot. <laughs> tall broke moron. Uh these two black guys pull up and they start hassling the black cop. The well the black cop comes up, starts then, hassling them. He's like, turn that off. And turn then they start hassling boot him boot back. Music. Yeah, they're like, You're you're an Uncle Tom or whatever. They're like, shouldn't you be looking after your own people? Uh anyway, they find they pull him out. He's like, Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't like that lip, so they pull him out of the car. And they find, I guess, drugs, but it, it's, it's so brief, it looks like a dart. Yeah. They pull a it, dart out of the pocket, right? No, it looked like a, um, like a, uh, like a high caliber, like, sniper rifle bullet. Like, that's Is what that it looked also, like. It could have been that. I couldn't tell what the fuck they're pulling out of this guy's yeah. fucking I couldn't tell dick. if it was a needle or, like, a high caliber bullet or, like, what it was supposed to be. But you but, think it's drugs because the way they react is like, oh, what do we have oh, here? Like, what do we know. have what here? But <laughs> also they keep seeing, saying Afro-Americans. Oh, do they? <laughs> like this movie takes place in like 1970. This was made in 2000, Joe. Yeah. Well, wasn't there a song? Uh, Lu- it wasn't Ludacris. No, it was Ludacris who said Afro-American, Afro-Sheen. Oh, well, that's a turn of phrase. <laughs> But he keeps saying Afro-Americans. And he's like, like John F. Kennedy said, one America, one people. Like, it was almost like the script guy had to be like, look, I'm not racist. Let me put in this scene. Yeah, JFK, the great uniter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, Lady Cop. Okay, this is when they have them. They're on the car. And there's there's um going through their pockets and everything. And this lady cop fucking blows it because she pulls a gun. She's like, gun! But she pulls it out. She's like, she's gun! And it's pocket. I'm like, wait, no, that's not what that's supposed to mean. You're not supposed to yell gun as you're pulling stuff out. But then the the other cop and that blows it even chaos. worse. What? It even worse. He's arresting a guy and gets his gun pulled. Well, but the lady <laughs> cop blew it first because she thinks, like, when you say gun, it's supposed to be this chaotic thing that follows. And so he gets distracted. And then, yeah, somehow the the other guy gets his gun from him and then holds him hostage with it. Yeah. Crazy. It's wild. Uh, anyway, we've got a situation here now, all of a sudden, from nothing. Like, they had it. <laughs> they have fucking six cops there. Six cops, two guys. Literally three cops per guy. <laughs> You could two have non-aggressive guys, two guys that just kind of want to leave. Joe, you could have one cop holding one arm, one cop holding the other arm, another cop patting the guy down for each guy. Yes, there right. is no excuse for this happening. Right. Um. So, uh, yes, the the black guy shoots Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, who's the guy that that has the IQ lower than his dick size? Yeah, idiot. Um, so anywho, they, uh, he's dead. End of scene. They, <laughs> it's just the end of the scene. They show Steele, like, Steele's acting so hard in the scene. Like, he checks his pulse and, like, his head drops really aggressively. Um, <laughs> like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to act my, I'm going to act in this scene. Yeah. Uh, this is his, I'm going to act my way to a better movie scene. Yes. 
Spoiler uh, alert, he doesn't. He doesn't. So they go to an apartment, um, and then Steele tries to bribe Wade again and get him to loosen up a little bit. So he gives him a cut of something. He's like, hey, this is your cut of this thing. $500 start, is his cut. Right, from something. I don't know. From the uh, from the boom boxes. Joe, that's his cut from the boom boxes. So did they pawn? Did they steal the boom? Did they sell them again? Resell? Joe, them? I think they pawned them through Bill's pawn shop because he ah, the guy at the end of the movie. Oh, that's part great. Of so I think they steal them, sell them to Bill. Bill pawns them. Bill pawns them, and they get a cut of it. Yeah. Bill Ponderosa. Yeah. Um, but what's wild is his cut is five hundred dollars. There's like seven cops involved, and all he did was stand there. Yeah. It's a hot business back then, fucking boxes. Joe, it was 2000, Furbies, boom boxes, impossible to find. DVD VHS combos, you couldn't get those just anywhere. Yeah. The, that'd be great, Mike Mads, Michael Madsen's like, I heard about this crew. Yeah. They do some wild stuff with uh, with grappling, grappling hooks. Hook? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Steel walks in the parties like you can drink anything you want as long as it's a Corona. Corona. <laughs> um, Steel tries to bribe Wade and they start fighting over it. Steel throws a baseball through their TV. Which this is I who lives here? I don't know. They still haven't established that. <laughs> um, so anyway, he throws he breaks the TV for no reason. Wade says he's transferring to internal affairs. And then Wade says, if you do that, or Steele says, if you do that, I can't help you. And then Wade asks if Michael Madsen also does hits. Yeah. Like, which is just like, hey, I got a question for you. Does our our cop buddy kill people? Yeah. Then immediately cuts and answers that because Michael Madsen's on the phone with, uh, uh, he name drops Sacramento. Yeah. Because he's talking about like the politicians. Like that's like the state level of the fat cats in Washington. Yeah, that's like an idiot's idea of, like, the top of the tippy top. (laughs) Sacramento, California. This goes all the way up to Gray Davis. Right. (laughs) Uh, So he talks to a politician over the phone while pulling a silencer from his desk. Very, like, as crimey as he could sound on the phone. He's like, so we have an agreement and we will both be very discreet about this. Well, I will take care. I don't believe that will be a problem anymore, sir. And the guy on the other line's got to be like, dude, you got to chill. Like we, this- al- <laughs> yeah, we always look out for our friends in Sacramento. Sacramento. He's looking out for me and you. And, he's like using and- fucking mafia code words when he's yeah. the one listening. To he's he's the fucking police. Yeah. He's like, don't worry, I'll take care of this because nobody messes with our our thing. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what what about our friend the baker? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's like, all right. Uh, have some gabagool for me. The guy's on the other side. Like, what are you talking? What? Gabagool? <laughs> what is Michael Madsen doing? Um, he just forgot what he was in. <laughs> yeah. He's like, wait, I'm in a mob movie, right? That's usually yeah. what I'm in. Um, Michael Madsen appears. Um, no, 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 wait, not yet. This is him being like, I've heard good things about the Soprano show. I should try to make a reel to get into it. Right, right, right. Uh, so it cuts to the warehouse. And we get the hobo who is hiding behind a car <laughs> and he sees Meyerling and the Meyerling crew uh, stealing some stuff off pots of and tr- pans, Joe, and the pots and pans in <laughs> the truck a box of pots and pans is what he sees them load into the truck. Yep. 
And then he runs off before he's shot. And they're like, send Meyerling, who's like the least, he's like the most out of shape person I've ever seen in my life to waddle after this guy. Well, what's great is the cop, the driver cop is like, hey, get that guy. And then the passenger cop like sticks his head out of the window. is like, hey, get that guy. <laughs> Meyerling. Yeah. And then Meyerling waddles after him. Yeah. And like halfway th- while he's out of breath, he's like, wait, they were in a car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, he shoots at the hobo, nicks him apparently. Apparently. Uh, which we find out later. Uh, so then we cut back and Michael Madsen appears in Street's apartment and offers him a job for their quote unquote political affiliates. Our political associates. Associates. Sorry. Uh, a hit on a predator is what they're going to do. Quote unquote predator. So they do small level smash and grabs. And political assassination. <laughs> yeah, of pedophiles. <laughs> pedophiles. This is what they do. Yeah. They Well, one they, is a passion project, really. <laughs> the, the killing of the pedophiles is a passion project. They rob boom boxes and kill Jeffrey Epstein. They do both. <laughs> <laughs> they do either or. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Wade spends time with his ex-wife. And he's bitching about steel the whole time, which is like, yeah. I can only imagine what's going through her head. She's like, this is why we got divorced. Like, yeah. like, shut up about like, this guy. You, she's like, because she says, she's like, I can't have her dad dying. Which, by the way, her dad will still die, whether they're together or not, if he gets killed on the force. Right. She yeah. also says, like, you're always spending time with this steel guy. You never yeah. spend any time with us. That's why we got divorced. You never shut up about this steel guy. Why don't you guys yeah. just make out? And she just wrestle half naked on the floor again. And break your coffee table, which stays broken in the middle of your room for, like, three days. <laughs> right? They can't afford it. Well, they um, don't even pick it up or, like, throw it away. It just stays broken they in the middle of They don't sweep it up. Room. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like to imagine they keep the TV. T- they do keep the TV. They later, the TV. They, they talk about it. Because Marlene's like, you didn't tell me you need a new TV. I can get you a big boy. A widescreen. A widescreen. Uh, I'm a rich man. <laughs> high definition they're like what is that he's like oh it's never mind your kids will love it it's big it's big um so wade uh yeah he's with his his (laughs) ex-wife very Uh, much alive very still still alive uh steel chases a guy down some stairs okay we cut back to steel and madsen wait joe we cut to a guy standing outside an elevator with a duffel bag and a towel and he, like, takes the towel and, like, wipes off his mouth. Oh, sick. Right. Which I want to know if that was in the script or if the guy was just, like. Dude, like, you're that, a pedophile. Yeah. Or if, or if they had done the scenes too many times, he had that, like, white stuff on the edge of his lips from, like, running around. Right. And he's like, oh, God, I'm so tired. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the doors to the elevator open and Steel's standing there and the guy just takes off. Yeah, he's like, oh, shit. They got me. Um. So, yeah, if there's any way to, to scream, I've done something illegal, it's to run when you see a cop. Yes, correct. Immediately. Especially when you're on probation. Like, you should expect to see cops on probation. Like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> that like, cop has been there. He yeah. could have just, like, visited somebody. He could have been like, excuse me, do you know where these people live? I have to, you know, deliver something to them. Yeah, he's my like, oh, my God. Here. And he's like, well, now I have to chase you. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> It's my off day. Uh, I just wear this uniform around. Michael Madsen told me to do it. Right. He says you can get free shit that way. 
so Steel uh, chases him down these stairs, and then Madsen pops up and shoots this guy in the chest and kills him. Which um, was his plan if he didn't run down the stairs. Oh, yeah, he was just going to wait four stories below or something. Yeah. Was he going to make Steel kill the guy? Because I feel like that's an escalation. Could be. Yeah. To get him or to, to kind of tie him into this thing. Was? He's going to be like, sir, you have to come with me down to the station. And then when they get to the bottom of the stairwell, that's when Madsen plugs him. Plugs that's him probably... or him the car or something like that. Wax him, though. Good, good. Uh, you have been watching mob stuff. I sure have. I got all the lingo. Yeah. Did you yeah. know that Gabagool and Capicola are the same thing? Yes, I did. Because I looked up, what is Gabagool? <laughs> <laughs> it's just Capicol. It's just Capicol. Uh, Steel gets advice from Steel Sr. again. And apparently Michael Madsen's dad, we find out, was oh. also a cor- what? I'm so I'm you jumped over. So he says uh, Michael Madsen kills him and then becomes Twitter because he says I don't believe in rehabilitation. Oh I yeah, cancellation. That's right. I should have written wrote this down. <laughs> I'm yeah. surprised you missed that. I did. No, I yeah. didn't miss it. I laughed at it and then I forgot to write it down. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So they, yeah, now they cut to Mr. Steele. Yeah, Steele Senior, who uh, apparently was Michael Madsen's dad's partner or like one of his co buddy, yeah, buddies. I think that's what they're called, co cop. Co cops, and he uh, was also a corrupt cop. Was uh, Michael Madsen's father back in the day? And And he was was like, I gave him a choice: stop doing that or go to jail. (laughs) And he chose go to jail. (laughs) Uh, No, actually, they didn't. He didn't go to jail because he says like, yeah, he was let off the force quietly. Yeah. He let him go. Uh, yeah. So uh, Steele tells his dad that he did some corrupt stuff with Michael Madsen and the other guy. He doesn't mention he killed a guy. <laughs> yeah, he's like boomboxes, etc. As you, you know, do. As as it goes. Uh, Steele Sr. tells Steele that he was partially responsible for Michael Madsen's dad getting kicked off the force. I would say uh, him stealing things is what made him partially res- is what made him get kicked off the force. But that's just me. Right, right. But he's basically saying he was a rat. <laughs> it's like, I was a rat. Your old man was a rat. Snitch. Uh, so then we cut to the station, and we have Dennis Hopper, who's giving a very passionate speech. By the way, for the rest of the movie, we will not see Dennis Hopper outside of this podium, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I have a feeling that the rest of the movie he filmed in one go. Right. Um, oh, we forgot to mention, though, Dennis Hopper does show up when uh, Michael Madsen's pulling the silencer out of his desk and he's on the phone with the politicians from Sacramento. Oh yeah. We didn't talk about it. He's, he's like, like hey, in the midnight oil. Eh? <laughs> oh, what's funny is Michael Madsen's like, how long have you been there? And he's like, ha, 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 you're working hard. <laughs> he's right. like, hey, answer the question. Yeah. Wait, I'm your boss. Um, so anyway, we cut to Dennis Hopper. He's giving a speech to the other cops. And then we cut to the hobo who is telling internal affairs about the cops that he saw ripping off the store. And uh, gives a squad car number, car number like lucky number thirty-seven or something. Yeah. Oh, he says uh, it was um, like uh, Jack Benny number thirty-nine. Oh yeah, there you go. Um, which is like a joke too old for fucking me, and I feel like <laughs> I yeah, I have this. no idea what that means. I had no clue what he's talking about. Uh, so oh, he said. Oh, okay. He always said he was thirty-nine. I guess even when he was old, he was like, "I'm thirty-nine." That's an odd age to fucking settle on. Well, you don't want to be 40. I'm not even 39 yet, and I, like, would never pick 39. <laughs> well, if you're, like, 50, you'll be like, I'm, I'm 39. I haven't turned 40 yet. Oh, okay, maybe. 
Um, maybe 39 is just an age you can always get away with. Who knows? Probably. I'm all the fucking 70 year olds in this movie are pretending they're 39. So. Yeah, there's like 80. It's like they're all uh, uh, Steven Seagal's boss in um, yes. Flight of Fury, who's like 80 years old. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, he says he was in this alley and he was taking his quote unquote medicine when he saw it all go down and that the cop shot him in the arm. Um, and there's uh, internal affairs is like medicine. Yeah. He's like, some people's poison is other people's medicine. And they're like, oh, okay. I guess you're reliable. <laughs> and then later it's great. After he gets fucking murdered, uh, they're like, we have, after they get Meyerling, they're like, we have a Princeton graduate who says you shot yeah. up the arm. It was such a, I, I couldn't tell who that, like, was that a dig at Princeton? Was that a dig at the guy? Like, who is this a dig at? I don't think it was a dig. I think they were just, like, trying to make a joke or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, anywho. So, uh, or maybe they were trying to bluff Meyerling or something. They're like, it wasn't some drunk hobo we picked off the street. We got a reliable person. Yeah, they always go to, like, uh, Princeton graduate. It's like, you know there's other people in this. <laughs> you right? know we're in L.A., right? Yeah. <laughs> you could have picked UCLA. Joe, uh, I figured out where I've seen lady co- one of the lady cops before. Oh, yeah? She was, have Busty you seen cops? Sl- <laughs> huh? Busty cops. No, have you seen Slither? Yes. Uh, the one lady cop who makes the face is the the Brenda in Slither, the oh. like monster lady. The one that turns into a big fat yeah fat person. Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't figure out where I'd seen her before. Sorry to interrupt you. I just I oh, just bad. cracked that case. There you go. You're gonna make lieutenant in no time. <laughs> I'll be. I won't get male prostitutes in Pacoima. Uh, Wade tells his ex-wife. Uh, now we're, we're Wade is with his ex-wife at a restaurant that he's quitting the force and asks his ex-wife to take him back. And so she agrees to that. Then we cut to Wade and Steele reconciling in the apartment. And Kimberly shows up with Meyerling, which is fucking weird because I didn't even know they were friends. And then Meyerling tells Wade that he can get him a big widescreen TV and then he leaves. That was yeah. the whole reason for being there. Did he drive Kimberly? Like, what was he doing there? I don't understand the arrangement, to be honest with you, but it would weird me out if I were Steel. I'd be like, why is he here? Yeah, what is, like, you open the door, you expect it, you're like, Kimberly and Meyerling? Meyerling? <laughs> That'd be if, like, Elaine showed up with fucking Newman one day. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what are you, I don't, what? Like, you're just, what? <laughs> Makes no sense. How'd you show up to our house? They're like, wait a second, you guys live together and your partners? Like, yeah, it's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah, that'd be great if this is where they find out that like Kimberly and Meyerling are roommates. <laughs> like, Meyerling just has his house in the hills, but also lives with Kimberly. Yeah. Uh, Wade. Um, no, 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 wait. Yeah, I already got to that one. Uh, yes, Wade says he's not going out to the party. Uh, he refuses to go and be seen with these degenerate cops. Uh, party number three, which is like party number two, <laughs> party exactly number one. Same. All filmed yeah. at the exact same time. Same house. Michael Madsen. If you told me this movie was filmed over the course of a week, I would I'd buy say it. I'd say less. Yeah. 
I, cause there's like one day it's like run through all the party scenes one day, run through all the, the, uh, police department scenes one day, run through all the, the explosion um, scenes. Yeah, exactly. Or the apartment scenes. Right. Uh, Wade. Um, yeah, he's not there. Anyway, Michael Madsen greets Steele and Kimberly through the door and Kimberly's being very cold toward him, which is weird. Cause I didn't know there was tension there. Yeah. Um, no discernible reason. She doesn't, and they don't really go into it. So Michael Madsen just says, hey, I got to talk to your guy. <laughs> Pulls yeah. him aside. And Michael Madsen gives Steele a cut off the heist in the kitchen. Well, he he opens the fridge, and he just has an envelope with 8K in it in the middle and, of like, a party. like, the egg drawer. Yeah, and the egg drawer in the middle of a party. I'd be like, there's $8,000 in this fridge. <laughs> like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah, I would, like, go in there for a fucking beer and be like, Wait a minute. <laughs> Why is there $8,000? Hey, uh, Myerling, there's like eight grand in your fridge. <laughs> Do you need this eight grand? Are you going to finish yeah. this eight grand? Are you going to finish this eight grand? Hey, can, hey, uh, can I have this eight grand? <laughs> Are you going to have this? I didn't have, I didn't have lunch. Can I have this yeah. eight grand? <laughs> uh, yeah, so he gives him the cut. Steel then freaks out and he yeah. drags Kimberly to a back room and is freaking out about his heist cut. He's like, look, look. And she's like, what am I looking at? He's like, oh, my God, don't you see? It's $8,000. She's like, okay. Um, We're in L.A. That's, like, not much. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, that's, like, one one month's rent. Right. Um, So Michael Madsen, uh, yeah, gives him this money. Anyway, steals in the back room with Kimberly. And then Kimberly's like, I want something permanent. She drops the hammer. She's like, they've been together for like five days. She's like, I want a commitment. Yeah. She's like, I want a family. And he goes, you know what? I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. They just <laughs> met. They are both exhibiting psychotic behavior. Yeah. They don't really have bedroom chemistry. He's obviously in pain every time he bangs He's her. He's a 70 year old man with a roommate. <laughs> way to put it he's a 7 year old man with a roommate it's wild unbelievable um <laughs> so uh yeah steel spots uh inter- internal affairs outside and so they bolt he's like you no, got to get me out of here he sees a car and he's like that's internal <laughs> that's affairs internally <laughs> he's going like way off the reservation yeah he's like oh my god oh my god how am i going to explain this 8000 dollars <laughs> <laughs> just leave it in the house dude yeah, just... oh my god he's like well um, i can't just leave eight thousand dollars here right okay jeff he puts ready? it back in the egg drawer and michael madsen's like wait i thought i, I thought I, I thought i gave him the eight grand i could have sworn how fucking high am i right yeah. now because <laughs> i gave this guy this eight thousand um are you ready for the best scene in the movie uh yes we get awesome 90s sitcom music playing. Okay, way out of, immediately out of place. He's a, uh, he's a good guy. We see the homeless guy. <laughs> this guy's strolling around. He's like the caretaker of the neighborhood. He tucks in another homeless person. He reminds me of um, when, uh, like, they show a movie where the guy just, like, runs the neighborhood. And they're like, hey, dude. And he's like, hey, how's it going? And he's just, like, strutting around. Like, that's how this homeless guy, like, runs this alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's his it's his corner. Yeah. Um. So anyway, he tucks in another homeless person. He goes, "You're gonna get, you're gonna catch a cold or catch yeah. your breath a cold." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. 
And then he kind of stumbles behind a dumpster and then like drinks some booze. And then he just keeps uh, strutting. He puts the bottle back and it's all for it's a one shot. It is a one shot. It is a one shot. Yeah, it it, Joe, it is a one shot. And he's just like he's like I'm gonna sue the police department. I'm gonna make so much money. Yeah. He fucking made his ship came in, Joe. Uh finally things are turning up hobo guy. He's like, I'm going to uh, buy organic cans of beans to eat now. That's right. I'm going to get the kidney beans and the black eyed peas. Right. Uh, anywho, he gets hit by a car before he can live that dream. In the funniest, there's no warning. It's, it's just, just out of nowhere. In the middle of the street, there's lights that light up. He fucking flashes his, like, he goes like this. And then he's just up and over the car before you can tell. And then he's dead. And then he's fucking gone. Um, Steele tells Wade that internal affairs showed up at, uh, the party. Yeah. They show up to their house and yeah. Wade's just like reading a magazine. He's like, have a good party. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, okay. I see. I see. It's like internal. <laughs> you don't want to hang out with your old buddy Wade. I get it. Yeah. You don't want to watch a broken TV together. <laughs> <sighs> oh, yeah, I was wondering why he was yes. reading a magazine. I forgot their TV was busted. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, tonight's Imagining Golden Girls night. <laughs> We're going to imagine Golden Girls. Talk about what would be awesome, what uh, Blanche would do. I was like, why is he, I completely forgot their TV was busted. Yeah, he's fucking It would have been even better if they forgot. And then he, like, comes in, he, like, clicks the remote. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. Um. Anyway, he's, yeah, he's at home. And Steele's freaking out. He's like, look, internal affairs came to the party. And then immediately Wade starts freaking out. He wasn't even fucking there. He's yeah. like, he's like freaking out about this operation that he's barely a part of. He, if Wade wants to flip, he could flip. <laughs> like he was like, I was there. Here's the cut of the money they gave me. I did nothing. My worst crime is I sat idly by. Yeah. Th- well, they could never trace that money to him. He could just say he, nothing happened. I'm, I'm That's not sure of this. That's true. Yeah. No honor amongst thieves. And, right. cop, and you're a cop. You're going to do a little crime in Joe. As Mr. Steele said, you're going to do some crimes. Going to do crimes along the way. Yeah, crimes happen. So, yeah, I mean, he uh, could just be like, look, I got pressured into it by Steele, who is clearly my senior. <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't tell. I mean, uh, your honor. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. Anywho, state's evidence number one here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, internal affairs shows up at Meyerling's place to arrest him mm-hmm. and they find money and drugs all over the he place. It's like a drawer. That's it's like cleaned his up. Little... Yeah. Fucking house looks like shit. Dude. Does he oh, ever I... clean up or does every night where he has a party, it just looks like shit. It's just, it just gets worse and worse. No, what happened was IA was supposed to be out of town. IA was going to Tahoe for the weekend. And so mm-hmm. he threw a big party and they, he thought IA was coming back on Sunday night and they came back uh, on Saturday afternoon. He had a big party. He didn't have a chance to clean up yet. They're like, what is this young man? Yeah. (laughs) He's like refilling the vodka bottles with water. He's like, oh, (laughs) what is this? Is this an assault rifle, young man? Is this marijuana? (laughs) Young Meyerling, Officer Meyerling. Is Is this this 20 kilos of cocaine? (laughs) This better be a lot of powdered sugar, young man. (laughs) You better have been having a baking party. (laughs) 
oregano and powdered sugar everywhere. Or you are grounded forever. (laughs) Uh, Anywho, internal affairs. It's funny, but we see his mom. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's, yes. (laughs) Mom's in this movie. She is in the movie. Uh, But first we get Dennis Hopper, who gives a lecture behind the podium yet again about officer misconduct. And he announces that he has been fired from the force. He's like, all right, everybody, Uh, everybody here sucks at their job and there are corrupt cops and I've been fired. And he just turns and just (laughs) walks on screen and you hear the door close. You hear the door close. He's like, Michael Madsen is taking my place. You know, the head of the operation. Wearing sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This suspicious character. Who never fucking, you, you always has bags under his eyes at fucking 4 p.m. Uh, Michael Madsen puts Falco with steel. So you think he'd be a whack or something. That character we know that's been central to the plot this whole time, Falco, who didn't just show up for this scene. Yeah, we're an hour in, and then Falco shows up. Um, uh, Internal, it's kind of weird, too, that his name is Falco, because everyone else has those, like, generic cop movie names. Yeah, he's like, give me action movie. Yeah, so they give him Falco. Uh, I like to I like to think that they they uh they he had a normal name, but Dennis Hopper just like closed the door and just drove off set and went away, so they couldn't do another take. And Michael Madsen accidentally called him Falco, and they're like, all right, well I guess his name's Falco now because we can't redo the scene. Dennis Hopper's gone. <laughs> yeah, he's like, sorry guys, I was up all night high playing Star Fox. <laughs> like it just <laughs> came out. Uh, Internal Affairs interrogates Meyerling, drugs, theft. Drugs with intent to distribute, guns, cash, attempted murder. He's like, attempted murder? He's like, yeah, you shot some guy, remember? He's like, oh, yeah. yeah. like, excuse me? And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that comes, that, 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 that tracks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Internal Affairs says that they have a statement from a Princeton graduate that Meyerling shot him at the scene of their heist. Um, he's like, what Princeton graduate? It was just some black homeless guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> we got <gotcha. laughs> He's like, ah, you're um, good. Sons of bitches. Uh, Meyerling wants to cut a deal. He's like, hey, I was, yeah. I'll cut this a deal. This is the, the second time where they're like, you're going to go to jail. And he's like, eh. And they're like, jail's bad. And he's like, oh, no. I will yeah. flip. I'll cut a deal. Uh, Falco interrogates Steele behind an alley or in an alley somewhere. Uh, says that they have a snitch somewhere, but it can't be Meyerling because he's a solid dude. Yeah, can't be <laughs> He Meyerling. throws those awesome parties. Uh, Steel like, have call- you seen his gold chains? It can't be Meyerling. Can't be Meyerling. Uh, Steel then calls Kimberly immediately, and she answers the phone with a black eye. Uh-oh. Yeah. And she says she doesn't want to see him ever again or any other cops ever again. And she hangs up. And he's like, all right, well... Whatever, dude. <laughs> uh, Steele says, um, oh, he talks to Falco. He says, did Kim really come back to the party last night? Falco says, hell, I don't know. I was drunk. Real, real drunk. As he eats a massive, hideous slice of pizza. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it's like an inch thick. It's a really weird piece of pizza. <laughs> yeah, it like, doesn't have a tip. It's like... It's like, uh, uh, what do you, what do you call that? Nubbed off at the end? Yeah, of? it's nubbed off. It's so weird. But he's like, was Kimberly there? He's like, I don't know. I was hammered. And that's how I explained that I haven't been in this movie so far. Cause I was just 
drunk in a back room somewhere. You know what the piece of pizza is like? It's like they took the this is like the fifth take of a scene, and he took a bite of the pizza each time, but they only had the one slice of pizza, <laughs> so they had to like keep biting it into like a slice because <laughs> he fucked up his one line. It is like that. He was like, I was so drunk. And they're like, come on, dude. I was drunk. Very, very drunk. <laughs> they're like, that's not even a word. Um, female cops show up to the grocery store, a random grocery store. And the store robbers are there. Thank God, because we need to wrap this up. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, that plot. They've got two competing plots, and one of them has to get wrapped up here. Uh, the robber tells the female cops to pull their guns out. They have their hands up in the air. Pull their guns out slowly with their left hands. And one of them immediately starts lowering their right hand and then, like, catches themselves. Yes. <laughs> and they just left it in. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. The Latino robber shoots the store owner, kills him. Steele and Falco show up as the Wait, shootout. Hold on. What? You're really just like uh, Latino guy goes, says, just shoot the bitches. Massive loogie flies oh, yeah. out of his mouth. It's not like spittle. It is like he hawked this thing. Like, yeah, it's like the hard crusty that gets in the back of some. This, this is going in a bowl of clam chowder and it will fit yeah. in. That's what yeah. it looks this like. This is a chunk of blue cheese. Yeah. And then lady, the lady cop that's in Slither has a, a cup of that, like, heat meat oatmeal. Like, it's like cup of noodles, yeah. but it's oatmeal. Instant and oatmeal. she chucks it at him, and there's, like, a noise. <laughs> there's, like, yeah. a big thump when it hits the guy. Like, it's like it's, he got hit with a bowling ball. Yeah, it's got to be, like, Austin Powers, who's just like, who throws oatmeal? <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Like, um. So he, uh, yeah. So they're like, we need backup. And the, luckily, there were two more cop cars in this parking lot. They show up three seconds later. Yeah, Steele and Falco were, like, right around the corner. Yeah. So they show up, and Falco is shot in the ear during this chaos, yep. um, which will become his hallmark as and the movie goes on. This is another instance of, of Steele's, like, people are just, like, standing out in the open, just not right. getting shot. Other people are behind things getting shot. Yeah, there's just guys like, wait, am I on screen now? <laughs> do, do I fire? Do I fire? Woman just point the gun? Will you like add in the sound effects or is this supposed to go off? Um, Steel and Falco. Oh, Steel and the Black Robber have a standoff. Yes. Uh, where Steel slides both of his guns over. So the the robber has the upper hand. He's like, <laughs> put your gun on the ground and that gun that you used to plant on on a N-word. N-word. But the black the black uh, uh thug didn't count on the third gun. <laughs> The ankle, the the fucking, uh, um, the fucking uh, western, you know, whore, you know, prostitute gun. What is it called? A Saturday Night Special. Saturday Night Special, yeah, in his ankle. But I love how he's like, I will follow your rules directly. I will give you two guns. And the guy's right. like, Well, that's got to be all of the guns, right? Yeah, who's ever heard of a third gun? And honestly, I've never heard of a third gun. It's pretty amazing. I was like, is there a fourth and fifth gun? Like, is there a gun that you open up like a fucking babushka and there's another gun inside? That hiding behind is his badge. It's like a little, like a little tiny gun. Yeah, a little, little one shooter, one <laughs> pee pistol. Um, so uh, yeah, he gets shot, does steal. Um, 
and then pulls pulls out that third gun and kills the black robber. And then the Latino robber comes over and the female cop kills him from behind. Yeah. Well, because she hesitated to shoot the guy that killed Rodriguez. So she didn't hesitate this time. Yeah, this is the this is the end of her arc. She's a hero now. <laughs> yeah, she's learned. She's learned. And you know what? He's learned, too, because he says she, they're like, you're going to get that vest replaced. He's like, yeah, I believe I He's finally like, believe. No, he says you can't trust them once they've been compromised. Gee, I wonder if that comes back. The way that he said it. He's like, it already was them. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder if that comes back again, again. <laughs> about the LAPD. I wonder if there's a third reference in his pocket, <laughs> in, his, in his shoe. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a Saturday Night Special reference. Um, so Steele finally agrees to get the new vest. Steele then calls Kimberly from the station Gets her voice machine. Michael Madsen is increasingly annoyed. Oh, actually, uh he's he's calling her from the locker room because then this next scene happens immediately. There's a payphone in the locker room. Yeah, and they show a a cop showering needlessly. Is there a cop showering in this scene? Yeah, it starts with a cop showering and and then it like pans over to him. That's so weird. So this room's a locker room, shower room with a payphone in the middle of it? Yep. So weird. Uh, Michael Madsen and Sex from Corner Steel in the locker room. They're concerned about Wade and Meyerling not showing up to work. And Sex, uh, no wait, Steel says, I can't vouch for Meyerling. He's your guy. But Wade is a solid dude. Yep. Uh, he definitely won't flip like he's been talking about this whole movie. Yeah. And they're like, um, we gotta, we gotta head him off at the pass. Like cowboys and Indians. You you, you understand. You can appreciate that because of the nickname we gave you. <laughs> right. I like it if there's a Native American cop too off to the side. Like, and, uh, like, and you understand as well, right, sir? <laughs> like, and then the there's fuck? then there's like a uh, like a, a Pakistani guy. He's like, you can wait. No, not you. Okay. No, you're not involved. <laughs> you're not involved. Okay, never mind. You should leave actually because we're talking about some illegal shit. We're doing crimes over here. Do you want to do crimes? No. You want to okay. be involved? <laughs> Never mind. Forget I said anything. Um. Uh. Yeah. He's like. They're like. Wait. 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 You're not planning to fly a plane into a building, are you? <laughs> and that's the scene they had to cut. Uh. Kimberly talks to Internal Affairs. She's in yes. the office, and she offers dates, addresses, names, any information she comes up with, on one condition. As long as IA agrees to guarantee that Sexstrom ends up in prison, raped every day. <laughs> and she said that. She said, I want him raped every day. <laughs> Daily, on the hour. And if you think I'm not going to check, you you are sorely mistaken. I will I be there daily. be a broken man, mentally and physically. <laughs> I want a log. I want I wanted video stamped. Yes. Okay, time stamped videos. She wants- Joe, Joe, this is what I need to remind you. This movie came out now after 9-11, uh-huh. but it was filmed in 2000. Over her shoulder, there is a framed photo. Is it Dawson's Creek? <laughs> no, there is a framed photo of William Jefferson Clinton. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's a Bill Clinton photo on the wall. And it's like, uh-huh. this movie came out in October 2001. So you're like, wait, Jordan Bush has been president for like 10 months now. Like. Uh-huh. Why is why is Clinton on the wall? <laughs> Makes no sense. Um 
Yeah, so she wants that guy raped every day uh, because he raped her. This is where she she's like, wait, I'm not a terrible person. She's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You it's understand. called turnabout. It's fair play. You remember that black eye I had earlier? That was part yeah. of a rape. <laughs> that was just yeah. coming out right now. I didn't just like fall. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, I didn't walk into a door, as I said before. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. She also wants protection because she's afraid of these guys for, for good reason. Um, Kimberly gives up Michael Madsen, Sextrum, Meyerling, and Falco. And then under pressure, she gives up Steele and says she doesn't know about Wade. But she says they're good cops. Yeah. She's like, no. They're like, did they do crimes? Or she's like, they're good cops. They're like, that's not what we asked. <laughs> We're not asking for the subjective here. And then she's like, fine, yeah, they did crimes. They're like, thank you. That's what we wanted. Thank All right, you. go pick up Sextrum. <laughs> <laughs> They're like... Uh, a deal's a deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just start bringing out sizes of dildos for her to look at. Like, which one do you want? Because we're not always going to be able to get a real person to do this. Yeah, but. so we're going to, you know, we're, we're, we live up to our end of the deal. The guys in the pen, they have so much energy. Only so much. They so, only have so much, yeah. Uh, Kimberly, yeah, she gets her, her yeah, they make a deal. Uh, Wade says he's moving to Oregon with his family, back to the apartment. Uh, and then Steele. Like the third time he said he's quitting, by the way. He keeps <laughs> talking about how he's quitting. Yeah, with this whole, like, fucking illegal operation going on. I just imagine him having conversations with his wife, like, no, we're good. I promise you, we'll get out of here. I just have to tell Steele three or four more times in my apartment that I'm leaving. I have to get out. It's a whole deal. I have to find a subletter. I got to give a month's notice. It's just. Yeah, I got to I got to I got to get the I got to get paid because I got to pay him rent for next month just in case. You know, I got to There's a whole thing here. I mean, he's still working on paying me back for that uh, TV he ruined. The TV. And the table, which is still sitting in the middle of their living room, yeah, by the way. Yeah, we sweep up this table. Uh, you yeah. don't know how much pressure I'm under. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Steel. <laughs> the table just, is just going to go, because it's, it's a guy's apartment. So, it's just going to go in the corner on top of the trash can that's getting yeah. fuller and fuller. Yeah. Yes. It's just going to kind of like lean up against the wall <laughs> over the trash can. And they fucking didn't, they don't have a vacuum. So they just put a blanket down over the broken glass. No, you pull, you pull the trash can forward. You slide the table behind it. And you slide the trash can back. And you're like, there you go. I took care of it. Yeah. Cool. yeah and now it's part of the apartment. <laughs> yeah. It's just a part of the room. Um, so I like how Steele counters here. Wade's like, I'm taking my family, moving to Oregon. We're starting a new life. And Steele says, yeah, Kimberly and me were talking about starting a family. She won't return his phone calls. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, he's like, hey, we were going to start a family right before she told me she never wanted to see me ever again. <laughs> ever again. And then he's like, hey, check this out. New vest. Uh? Like he's just... <laughs> right. Guess who got shot in the line of duty today? <laughs> and then Wade, who is fully dressed with all of his gear, ready to go, says, I got to get ready. <laughs> like, what is he going to go do? He's ready. He's done. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, Meyerling, we've, we cut to him and his mother, who are holed up in a day's in. Or something, yeah. And and uh, at first I was like, is this his wife? Like, when they show up. <laughs> I was like, is this Firelings' wife? 
Yeah, because he's fairly old, but she's like 80. Yeah. <laughs> she's like she's 75, old. 80. And so we find out it's his mother. They're holed up in a days in. Meyerling says he doesn't want police protection, which makes no sense. He goes, he says, I'm a cop. I don't need police protection. Besides, why would I want cops protecting me? They're terrible <laughs> at protection. Like, it's this weird circular logic. Yeah, they're only good at crime and assassinations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Meyerling goes into his car and we get he like the like worst... a weird like sprint to his car, right? <laughs> he shuffles. He does yeah. this weird like sprint shuffle waddle. Sprint. It's yeah. like a sneaky shuffle sprint to like it's middle of the day. Like he's gonna yeah. get spotted. He's yeah. a fucking fat guy. He's a huge fat guy. And he like shuffles over to his car and then we get the worst casino fucking replay of all time Dude, because he fucking turns the shots. Yeah, turns the ignition. I don't know how this car bomb works. He fucking he puts, it in reverse. puts it in reverse and then it blows up. It's just conveniently, conveniently no other cars in the parking lot, too. It's but, nonsense. Yeah. Like, what if what if he'd parked in a parking spot and he could just drive forward? And they're like, come on, put it in reverse. Right. But also, how does a fucking bomb get triggered by, like, putting something, like, in changing re- gears? Yeah, putting it in reverse. It's silly. Um... Anywho, his car blows up. He's yeah, dead. wait, his gearboxes are internal. There's no That's what I'm saying. Way. Yeah, this was rigged to nothing. This whole thing, like the whole turning the ignition thing is because it's rigged to the gas tank. I love the idea that there's Michael Madsen with like a, a remote control like button with like a six foot long antenna. And he's like, <laughs> and he like puts the antenna down and shuffles off. Right, right, right. Uh, Steel gets more advice from his dad. Yeah, he keeps going back to his dad. He's like, I did crimes. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what to they do. They did crimes too. And I need to not get in trouble for the crimes. Like the 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 conversations between Steele and his dad and the conversations between Wade and Steele about quitting both happen like three times. But Steele's like, Dad, I did crimes. Well, but the other thing is he's not saying he did crimes. Like yeah. every time he's talking around the issue, he's, he's like, like, they did let's crimes. Say, for example. <laughs> yeah, he keeps being like Let's say, for example, some cops were doing crimes and another cop may have accidentally, perhaps theoretically gotten involved. How would the first guys get in trouble, but not the cop who was just, we'll call him, we'll call him Iron. Right. (laughs) Let's call him uh, Sam Iron. And let's say Sam Iron goes and talks to his dad, who's also an ex-cop. Yeah. How how would they get in trouble? But not me. I mean, Sam Iron. How would his theoretical father advise this man? Yes. Um, yeah. So he tells him that he thinks it's too late to go to internal affairs, which makes no sense. He's like, Sam's like, Steel's like, this is, I can't go to internal affairs. It's too late for that. It's like, wait. He's like, okay, I will <laughs> tell my friend that he can't go to t- internal affairs. <laughs> right. Uh, Steel Sr., calls internal affairs immediately after he leaves. He's like, my son is an idiot. Like, I'm, I'm just getting him out of this. He's like, yeah, my idiot son screwed up again. So this next, so this next scene's great because Myerling, Myerling's mother breaks down while Steele is accusing Michael Madsen like a few feet away. <laughs> she's yeah, like, so she's, they're there consoling They're in a one-room her. hotel room. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. there consoling her, and he's like, hey, you got to stop doing crimes. And Michael Madsen's like, can yeah, we not do like this here? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's you like, got to stop doing crimes. He's like, man, uh, Myerling, that's one thing. But you come after my boy Wade. His mom's like right there. He's like, Myerling sucked. We all hated Myerling. Like, 
That guy was garbage. Okay. He deserved to die. He was an idiot. Like his whole family line is weak. Right. But right. you but Wade's a good guy. Wade's a good dude. He's trying to start a new life with his family. And Matt and Michael Madsen was just like either too hungover or too cool to care. This is a sunglasses scene. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, I don't know if this is because I've been watching a lot of Sopranos, but like, I could swear that this was playing out like a mob scene because like, isn't Steele saying like, look, Myerling's your guy. He's yeah. your problem. Yeah. But Wade's one of my guys. I was like, I'll what's happening of, here? I'll take care of Wade. Like, that's what it feels like. Yeah, it feels, it really feels like he's like, I'll take care of Wade. Like, you you don't, like, he's my guy. I'll take care of him. Yeah, it's you like know, when Tony like, Soprano wants to thing. whack his own cousin because yeah. he's in his yeah. crew. He's like, yeah. New York wants to whack him instead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, He's like, it's my responsibility. <laughs> uh, Steele tells Madsen and Sextrum not to touch Wade. Uh, Madsen finally realizes that this isn't the ideal place to have this conversation. He's like, hey, guys, can we just take this outside or even just, like, out in the hall? Yeah, like, not six feet from his grieving mother, please. <laughs> it's like, I'm a criminal, well, I'm not a monster. And the police officers that are, like, interrogating, right. like, interviewing her. Who are not involved in this. Right. Uh, so Madsen says, hey, let's all meet up at the pawn shop. That's the perfect spot. 4 p.m. Bill's pawn shop. So Steele Sr. is, it cuts to him. He's talking to Internal Affairs. He tells them that his son will cooperate. Uh, he's like, he was going to do this like a few weeks ago. He just hadn't gotten around to it. I mean, yeah. you don't know this kid. You fucking won't clean up a broken table. He's <laughs> in front of him for months. Um, and, he, and he had nothing better to do. Like, he, he's going to read a magazine instead of cleaning up the coffee table. Yeah, this guy literally, he has nothing to do. No motivation whatsoever. Yeah. This guy is lazy. He sucks, but he's my son. Um, and uh, he says he'll cooperate. And then the ma- there's a female agent and a male agent there. The male agent asks asks Steel Senior if he'll testify and mm-hmm. back up, uh, corroborate all of this. And Steel Senior says yes, he'd do anything for his son. And then the agent shoots his female partner yes! in the head and then kills fucking Steel Senior with two different guns. Yeah, and does the framing. He frames. Yeah. Uh, Sets up this whole situation. He puts the gun in Steel Senior's hand, who's like a former cop, and stands like in the line of fire as he's like, I bet that'll be the last thing you ever do. Yeah, like, you could just shoot him. It should be the easiest. <laughs> he just like pull the trigger right here. He also wipes off the guns and then puts them in their hand with his bare hands. So right. he puts his prints on the guns right. after he wipes them off. Yeah. Jeff, this goes deeper than any of us cared to realize. <laughs> Dude, I was like, oh, yes. Like, I was actually kind of like, oh, yeah, IA is in on it. But there's like 15 minutes to go. Yeah, so, you know, it's over. just like not going to be deeply. This is not they're not going deep into this. It's just yeah. kind of another thing. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we got to we got to clean up this Kimberly loose end, too. And here we go. The cops find uh, Kimberly dead. Well, it's a woman. I immediately was like, oh, it's Kimberly. But you can tell they're trying to do a reveal type thing. Yeah, or they're like, oh, some woman's been dead for several days. They're like, oh, gee, I wonder who this might be. Yeah, so she's dead naked on a bed. Uh, She's also out in the open. Steel shows up and finds out it's her and goes and uncovers a sheet from her head and reveals it's her. He's like, Kimmy! But there was no sheet before. (laughs) Did you notice that? Yeah. 
She's just out in the open, and then like it's clear. Yeah, they had to make, make it. They had to make the reveal. Had to make the reveal. It's her. Um, Steel and Wade are conversing in a car in the next scene. Steel says, "You want to dissolve a corporation? You liquidate its assets," which doesn't make any sense to me. It's wild. Like this whole scene is so weird. Yeah, I didn't understand what was going on. But uh, Wade wants to go to internal affairs, but Steele says they can't because Sexton, Sexton and Madsen wouldn't want them to. He's like, they wouldn't enjoy that. That would be wrong. Yeah, they're still our boys. <laughs> so we're going to just kill them on our own. Uh, Steele guarantees Wade will be okay. And I thought this was like a foreshadowing event because he keeps fucking harping on this. He's like, you're going to walk out of this alive. You're going to have your life with your family. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna be great. Go. You're gonna yeah. be fine. Nothing bad is gonna happen to you. Right. Uh, Steel and Wade arrive at Bill's pawn shop. Uh, Bill is there. We meet Bill. I love how Bill's reveals just he's like, "Hey guys." Yeah, they're like, "Hey guys." He's like, "Hey Bill, how's it going?" Yeah, he's like, "What's person, going on with your families?" Person who's been a part of this criminal conspiracy since the beginning of the movie, just like Falco. Right. Yeah, he's the new Falco. He's just great. He like how he welcomes them wide, like loudly too, because you get the sense yeah. they're sneaking in there. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, they gear up and they're like, "All right, you know, whatever happens, you know, we got each other's backs." So it's like, "Oh, hey, Bill, how's it going? How's the family?" <laughs> yeah, Bill's like this wacky guy in a suit. He kind of yeah. reminds me of like Maury from fucking Goodfellas, where he's doing his commercial. He's yeah. like, you know, loud and boisterous. Uh, Madsen, Sexton, and Falco are all in the back room. Falco's got a stupid ear bandage on. That's how you know he got shot in the ear. That's right. Uh, Steele throws money at them and says they're going to make headlines. Uh, then, then Michael Madsen does some crazy <laughs> hand acting. Yeah, he's like, you want to you wanna talk to Internal Affairs? They're, they're like... It's like he's slapping bugs away. <laughs> It's like he's in the birds, and the <laughs> birds are, like, coming at him from overhead, and he's got to avoid them. No, um, actually, you know what? This is, yeah, this is uh, more of his, like, Sopranos uh, reel, because he's, he's talking with his hands, like a real, you know, a real Paisan. Yeah, this is his his gangster. Yeah. Um. So he, uh, he's like, you talk to him, they're right behind you. And the internal affairs agent walks in, shows up behind them, and says he's there for Wade and Steele. Uh, Bill grabs an M16. <laughs> yeah, like, then he just has on a box under his desk. He's like, oh, let me just grab like, this real quick. Shit's going to get hairy. And he just kind of pulls it up and points it in no, no general direction. Or just in a general direction. Um, this goes all the way to the top, Jeff. All the way to Governor Gray Davis. Sacramento. We get another Sacramento drop. Uh... Internal Affairs, by the way, we're from Sacramento. <laughs> J Street, 16th Street, Broadway, <laughs> Stockton right. Boulevard. Uh-huh, yeah. Florin, yeah. no, we don't go there. No, we don't go there. <laughs> um, uh, Internal Affairs agent says he killed and framed Steel Sr. and barely gets a reaction out of Steel. <laughs> Steel's like, huh, okay. When earlier in the movie, he's like, I'll do anything for my father, who just got his arm grazed. Right. Um, yeah, he's like, he was a great man. Now he's just like, I love ah. my father. He's like, uh, eh. 
Well, yeah. what's done is done. <laughs> you know, he passes the pass. You got to move on. These yeah. things, you can't let them haunt you forever. Uh, Wade shoots and kills him. Yeah, Wade is more broken up about this. He's like, wait, you just killed Steel's father? And he just blows him away. That guy was cool. That guy gave me a free Pepsi once. I think that he wasn't too broken up when I tried to steal his phone. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. In a, a prior scene, he fucking tries to walk out with his phone. He's like, yeah, nice try, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, it's a cordless. Yeah, this is also very dated here because it's one of those cordless phones. Yeah. Well, even asking somebody, hey, can I use your phone is like, that took me a second. I was like, wait. Oh, I guess, yeah, no cell phones. Yeah, back in that day. Wade shoots and kills the internal affairs guy. And then uh, Michael Madsen's like, I didn't even like that guy. Yeah, (laughs) Michael Madsen's like, good. Good. Uh, Steele then pockets his gun. So he he had his gun pointed at Michael Madsen and all these guys. He puts it away. He puts it away so he can get all dramatic, like, you know, fucking Old West fucking shootout style. Insane. Um, So the shootout begins... And they're all terrible shots because they're just like firing, I don't know, Wild hundreds ball. of rounds. They are 10 feet apart. <laughs> Nobody's getting hit. <laughs> Nobody's getting hit. They can hide. So there's like. No one's ducking for cover. They're in a back room and there's like that like steel shelving you see in like back rooms or like in garages and stuff. Mm-hmm. And at one point, steel shoots with a shotgun and one of the guys hides behind one of those shelves and it stops it. And there's like nothing there. It's just like pings off a bar. It's like a shotgun is like a, pings off a paper box. <laughs> yeah. And like steel is just standing in the middle and he doesn't get shot for a very long time. <laughs> fucking bill has an M 16 and just like fucking sprays the room and hits nobody. nobody. It. It's like, nobody how do you not hit? It's an automatic M 16. It's wild. Uh, Bill finally gets killed, which I don't know. He's the last person that should have gotten killed at this place because he had the best gun. He's also off to the side. These two sides are shooting at each other and he's in a third direction. Right. Yeah. Uh, with like perfect range of everybody in the yeah. room. Uh, Madsen gets shot in the neck. Falco gets killed. He gets shot multiple times. Uh, Sextrum is shotgun blasted in the leg and then in the chest. Um, Steel is shot through the chest, uh, by by Monk, Michael Madsen, and then we gave him the vest, but the vest was compromised. Wait, how did this work? They he got shot through the vest. He died with a compromised vest that Michael Madsen gave him. Michael Madsen gave him a compromised vest. Yeah, that happened. He name drops. He said, uh, "Hold on, uh, where did it go? Where did it go?" Homeless guy is a good dude. The Bill Clinton on the wall is too far. Third gun. Oh, here he goes. He says, oh, Morton and Gillis. Morton and Gillis are the uh, lady cops. So oh, they yeah. just gave him a bad vest because they suck at their job, I guess. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> he uh, gets shot through the vest. That's why he dies. Spoiler that's alert. right. Yeah, the vest should have stopped it, but it did yeah. not. Um, Steel is dead. Uh, Wade hands his badge. Wait, lady a... cops and new cops bust in, and they're all crouched for no reason. <laughs> they're all crouched and like they're doing like a community theater play thing where they're kind of like like all like doing moving, this and then yeah, like moving in unison and kind of just like wobbling and I almost like controlled wobbling around. Yeah, very choreographed searching the room for stuff. Yes. Like I think the black cop like picks something off a table and then puts it back down. It's like. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, Wade hands his badge to the female cop, says, you can't trust it. It's been compromised. <gasps> they were talking about the vest, but he used it on the badge. That's a that's a flip. He's talking about the police department. Uh, thankfully, they've got, they've got Captain uh, Order, Law and Order, and Dennis Hopper, the man it just comes back. This, fucking all this happened under. <laughs> it's just like, hey, all right, took a sabbatical. Uh, he gets re-promoted, and then after allowing all of this to develop under his previous regime, uh, he's back in the top spot. Yeah, and I love his cover story is that Bill killed everybody. <laughs> yeah yes yeah he pins all this on bill he's like these are great men uh caught up in a twisted game of cat and mouse with the fucking pawn shop guy and he um, gives the most the most uh uplifting ending to a speech ever joe well he announces some new protocols okay he says this yeah. is never gonna happen again because these new protocols he says now go out there and kick butt last line of the film and then it cuts this like, like really like like going guitar riff with just like cops pulling out of a parking lot, <laughs> just like turning on their blinker, like turning right, turning yeah, left. Yeah, there's a line of like four or five of them. Yeah, and then it has like you know, it, it's funny because we talk about how this is a real thing, and that the end at the end of the movie they're talking about like nobody was charged for these crimes. It's like yeah, everybody's dead. Yeah, well, but also I was like, why are they doing this for a movie yeah. that no one's going to see? Like, I couldn't understand, like, because at this point I, I thought there's no chance this is real. This is obviously yeah. a terribly written fictional plot. But then it says uh, none of the officers involved in these incidents were ever prosecuted, convicted, or were incarcerated. Because they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> they're dead. I mean, then in real says, life, yeah, in real life, they all kind of got got away with it. Uh-huh, yeah. Then he says some officers were forced to retire, some were suspended without pay, some were transferred to other divisions, and several still serve with the most respected law enforcement agency in the world, the Los Angeles Police Department. And then you're like, oh, this is the end. No, there's another one. Nope. It says the murder of Gerald Meyerling was ruled accidental, and the death of Kimberly Stinson is still an open murder investigation with no known suspects. It's Sextrum. Put two and two together. It has to be. <laughs> like, wouldn't they fucking... He raped her. How did they not get his semen in this? Like, the IA guy was, like, in on it. He's like, dude. <laughs> Sexual. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Hold there's on. There's a rape that happened. Yeah, there's 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 paperwork. There's got to be a a criminal trial. or she a uh, in. Yeah, there's, there's a paper trail here, so. No sense. Anyway, no known suspects. Jeff, then it says dedicated to the loving memory of Sergei Shapiro. I was like, oh man, to have my name. Can you I know. <laughs> what a fucking slap in the face in the afterlife to have your name attached to this piece. You're in heaven. You're in heaven and you're like, <laughs> can you what? Imagine, can you imagine if like a movie like the fucking assignment comes out oh. and you're fucking been dead 10 years? This is... Dedicated to the memory of Jeff Crisco. I would haunt <laughs> The makers of the assignment. I would haunt whatever his name is, the guy who worked on aliens and tricked people into it. <laughs> That'd be the worst fucking thing you could do to somebody. Is dedicate a terrible movie to them? Oh, yeah. Yep. All right, Joe. So this is coming out in October, but it is not Brawloween yet till our next movie. Brawloween 2.0, Joe. We are going to do Slender Man. 
Yeah. The 2018 one, which is, I have stories about Slenderman because I was there when like Slenderman was invented. So we we'll talk about where Slenderman came from, I think, a little bit. But in this okay, one, it's do a little something awful history lesson. Yeah, a little something awful history lesson. So in this one, it's in a small town in Massachusetts, four high school four high school girls perform a ritual in an attempt to debunk the lore of Slenderman. Not any lore. Um, when one of the girls goes mysteriously missing, they begin to suspect that she is, in fact, his latest victim. Uh, this is not streaming anywhere for free. But if you go one, two, three movies, you can, in fact, find it there. After that, we'll be watching 13 Ghosts um, for Brawloween. And 13 Ghosts is on HBO Max this month. So that's that's good. We don't have to pay for two movies this month. Or Shout out Tony Shalhoub. Shout out Tony Sh- and uh, Matthew Lillard. That's right. Yeah, so so Scream fame. Of Scream fame. So, Joe, we will be back next time. Um, so for Joe, this is Jeff. And don't forget, you can check out whenever you want. <laughs> you can never leave. <laughs> That's right. Here we go, here we go, here we go, what? Here we go, here we go, here we go, what? Plug one, plug two, here we go. So listen now, come on, what? So listen now, come on, what? So listen now, come on, what? 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 For a young brother stepping out of the hood, you got the vibe on, be the dad in your neck. Claiming that they serve a protect, well, now that you were surrounded with lies and threats. Let me be the last to tell you. Copycat the cops on a regular base, familiar base with the jaw to the floor. They ain't begging for more. No, they ain't begging for more. Police brutality is among us. You're thinking making allies when you're making foes. Who's gonna judge your fate when you put it on the line? You're thinking making allies when you're making foes, but who knows who's gonna judge your fate? Daddy behind enemy lines, see they got it all in their hand. But I'm about to change that in the flick of an you and I gotta stand up, who's it gonna be? You or him, him or me? Cops killing and chilling, standing behind a bullet in a badge. You think you're making eyes when you're making foes, but who knows? Things ain't looking too good for a young brother stepping out of the hood. You got the vibe on, we the down your neck. Claiming that they serve a protect, well now they do is surround you with lies and threats. Let me be the last to tell you. LAPD, bad and blue, to serve and protect, y'all.